<clears throat> Holman, pull your mic over. I want to describe something that just happened to me. Okay. Just twenty you sound less than, super excited. Less than twenty minutes ago. Okay. Hey, by the way, just so you know, mm-hmm. was driving down the road here, mm-hmm. and there was a Honda uh, Pilot. Okay. No taillights, and it is dark outside. And I pulled up next to her. It was a lady and her daughter, and she looked over at me. And I'm like, "Roll down your window!" And she looked like I was going to rob her. Right. Which, of course, I was not going to rob her. You're a crazy bearded man. I absolutely. And I said, "Your headlights!" And she rolls down like a, just enough so the air sound can get right through that little <laughs> crack in the window. She goes, "What? Headlights? Oh, thank you." Headlights go on. Right. We both continued safely on our journeys. So what we what Holman is talking about is my obsession. With late model cars, with the dash lights up and the running lights are on, but you don't have headlights, nor do you have taillights. And I see, I think, what did I call you? I called you the other night. You were very angry. Because I found, I saw seven cars. You were very angry. Seven cars that did not have their headlights or taillights on. But I'm sure that their dash was lit up. And the the freaking LEDs are so bright these days. I love the LEDs, but they're so bright that they cast a glow. So they, they just assume that their headlights are on. And here's me, like, brighting them. And By the way, this is not the story that I was going to tell. My no, story no, no, is kind of cool. No, right? no, but I, by the way, on my way out, I went, lightning sent me! <laughs> Dude, I'm, t- I'm obsessed. I can't not see cars with with their headlights off right now. I, that's all I look for. It's so obvious to me. And it's probably good because now I'm... The, the reason this came about and I became obsessed with it a while ago is because I almost rear-ended somebody. I, was, I think I looked down just to literally change the station on my radio. I look up and I go, whoa, that's a... I almost hit the car with no headlight, no taillights on in front of me. That you almost ran into? Well, I mean, I didn't really. But I got relatively close, closer than I would have liked. And I thought, how did I not see... Oh, of course, because their lights aren't on. Right. And then I thought... How does this person not know that her lights Okay, so here's the question I have for you. On. In California, regardless of what happens, if you rear end somebody, it's your fault. Of course. What if they don't have their lights on and you didn't see them? Then is it the other person's fault? I'm guessing we need to call a cop? I'm guessing, yeah, I'd love to, I, I I'd have, love to speak to an attorney. I, okay. Because the cop would say one thing, an attorney is going to litigate and, and find something different. But I have been obsessed with the fact that people it's it, there is the safety issue that I am concerned with a little bit yes but 70% of me is just how do you not know that your lights aren't on how are you not seeing those two stripes of light in front of your car I realize you see a little glow because your new LED lights uh-huh. are on and your your dash is all bright but there's no tail lights I guess how would you know that your tail lights aren't but your headlights aren't on they they like they should go 60 feet in front of your car you should take a deep breath. Well, I had it. So on the way here, it's not headlight related. Okay. Oh, as soon as I got off the okay. freeway, as soon as I got off the freeway, uh, a Nissan NV300 van pulls up and I look over and it's lowered. And oh, I the go, little guy? NV200. Yeah, I'm sorry, the 200. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the 200. The Nissan, uh, yeah, the little guy. Yeah, yeah. It's, look, and I look over and I'm going, what? What? Like, where, who's make, who makes yeah, who's spring? making lowering kits for yeah. a Nissan NV200? Uh, what? So is it homemade? I don't know. And I'm checking him out, and then he looks over me, and he gasses it. And now we're in a race. <laughs> we're in a race down the streets of Santa Ana here. didn't he? I'm not going to say if he beat me. <laughs> I will say that I had never seen a lowered Nissan van before. Well, you know the uh, NV2500 truck trend van that's here in the warehouse? Yes. It's lifted. Uh, okay, I, yeah, I knew that. On it. Yeah, oh, that's well. Yeah, and, uh, listen, I'm not new to like lowered vans. I've seen them. Yeah, They've yeah, been yeah. Since, just since, not that since Astro vans. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking like 
What are the chances that our show is sponsored by Nissan? I just got off the freeway, and now I'm being clowned by a lowered Nissan van. More importantly, on the way to the podcast. Were his lights on? Uh, yeah, the lights were on. Yes. So uh, I don't really. Ha- I, he's so living right with the world. Everything is right with the world. Yeah. Right. I was dying to like. I wanted to roll down my window and go. Do you have a decked system in the back? And of course, he would have been. By the way, speaking <laughs> of decked, we have a five star hotline call that you'll want to hear later. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, yeah, no, it's it's all good. All right. So, uh, oh, so where do you? I I I. As soon as we're done with the show, I'm going to Google yeah. and find out who's selling a lowering kit. Yeah, we for... should we should definitely find out because <laughs> right. I, uh, inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. MV two hundred van. Absolutely. All right. No, so, it, it was tough, dude. The truck show podcast. Kind of lowered. I don't mean just kind of lowered. It was fully dumped. Maybe it was, it was, it was tuck and rim. It might have been bagged. No, I'm dude. I'm saying it what was. What color was it? White windows or no windows. What do you mean windows are? Oh, no windows. Okay, so cargo van. Well, because at first I they mean, didn't really. Cool. At first they didn't realize it. Yeah, it's car, straight cargo van. All right. No logos, nothing. Straight stealth. All right. Like hey. like stormtrooper, black wheels, kind of like my car. Yeah. Black wheels. Yeah. White car. All right. A van in this case. Good story. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe it didn't really go anywhere. I guess. All right. So I did beat him. I did right. beat him. I, my, it's a Cooper S, so it's a little faster. But than then a, a, uh, a Nissan Titan passed you from nowhere because <laughs> right. they were like, "Is like his wingman you're picking on," and then he came with that 5.6 liter V8. Uh, that, that, might, uh, that might not have happened, then, but it would have been a good story. Yeah, and uh, he was flaunting his five-year, hundred-thousand-mile warranty. Yeah, from out the window. I have a better win. <laughs> and his deck drawers were flailing with stuff flying out of the back. No, of course they were secured with the tailgate up. All right, so uh, let's start it. This is the Truck Show podcast presented by Nissan in association with Deck. Hit it. The Truck Show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck. Cause truck rides with. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. So, Holman, we started talking about um, my obsession with the lack of lights, yes. right? And yes. people just ignoring them. You and I off the air had talked about. Um, I, I really want to invent a uh, like a um, what do you call that? Uh, a a ping, sign, a ping pong paddle <laughs> sized uh-huh. sign, LED sign, and it will maybe like it's no Bluetooth, nothing fancy, uh-huh. just like it's got a switch on the handle, and you and just it, hold it up, and you hold it up, and it has like three you can select from. And I get that it was so. My father had one in the eighties, uh-huh. and when I was a little kid, and he had it was just the size of this ping pong paddle, but it had it had a piece of cardboard or thick paper. You'd flip over on like binder yeah. rings, yeah, right, right. right. And it I was remember like, those. Can I get your number or turn on your headlights or you know? And you do car to car. Do you think his success like, rate was better with getting numbers than it was to getting people to turn their headlights on? Uh, my dad? Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. I need to ask him. <laughs> you know, I, have there, no I guarantee you there's a listener who goes, I had one of those. I want to know. Call in or email us, five-star hotline, 657-205-6105, or email us, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. If you had one of those signs back in the day, I want to know if it upped your game or got people to turn their headlights Somebody, on. Somebody... 
Somebody's, I don't know. Did you get a number? Did you get you a middle finger? Like, or what? like Spencer's for gifts or something like that, right? right like it was like right. all the novelty stores. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally remember that. Well, so I, I want, if someone is into electronics and a hobbyist, or maybe you have a 3D printer. You're asking them to make you a sign, aren't you? I am. Of course I'm asking them to make me a sign. Because <laughs> if you don't, I'm going to find someone that will. All right. So you can either partner with me, or you can... So, I guess you can either partner with this, me or not. <laughs> is this an electric sign? Uh, yeah, it's, it's nine volt battery, um, wh- and it's, what L- so it's LED, uh-huh. right? And it looks like um, what's that? Um, what's that game you play as a kid? and You push the little lit pins into the blackboard, and they light up. Um, you know what I'm talking about. You've got an eight and a half by eleven board, and you put a fresh piece of black paper, oh, and it's perforated. Light bright, light bright. Yeah. Thank you. So I want it to look like a light bright. Okay. All right. Hey, you know what? Do you not think that that's a viable I, uh, I, thing, you know, a, a I, product? I absolutely do, but I, I was thinking it would be a nice segue into the electric truck conversation we're going to have later tonight. Okay. Well, I wasn't there yet. <laughs> You're prematurely segueing. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a thing, by the way. By the way. Premature segue? If we're prematurely seg- let me back up, and mm-hmm. then we can talk about having uh, Ronnie Wetch on from C10 Talk. So you finally got him. Yeah, I did. We've been trying to get Ronnie since show one. And we've had listeners who've been emailing us going, you should have Ronnie from C. Well, like, we know. No, I know. We've been working on it. <laughs> and we actually have mutual friends and stuff. So as as Yeah. He's friends with, uh, uh, not Freiburger, with, um, help me Finnegan? out. Finnegan? Finnegan, thank you. <laughs> or I mean, or our, uh, our good friend Marcel Venable oh, yeah. also knows Ronnie, so... Uh, yeah. So anyways. Oh, no. And you know what? Bobby Martins is also friends with him, I oh, think, Oh, does too. Bobby know him, too? I think so. All right. Yeah. I think Ronnie knows everybody in that scene. So uh, so we're going to talk podcasts, and we're going to talk about other people's podcasts, and we're going to talk about C10s and uh, classic trucks, because you guys have been asking us for uh, some of that content. And He seems to be the expert. Uh, I would say so. I mean, he's interviewed every expert. That makes him an expert by default, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's... Uh, I don't even know how many episodes he has. Did I hear a that lot. he's a fireman? Uh, he is. Yeah. So he's got a, a rad job and a cool hobby. Uh, yeah. Yeah, do we have a cool hobby? Uh, is this our hobby? I don't know. It doesn't pay. I don't pay. think so. Yeah, it might be no, a hobby. It, it, so does, it's it cool. pays. It's sort of. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really pay. We should call him. We should call him. Should we ask him if it pays? Uh, yeah, I'd be interested if he makes any money off of it. All right. Well, let's call him. What up, what up? Roddy Wetch, this is Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. What's up, dude? About damn time, Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean about damn time? We've been trying to track you down for, for what months. Season? I think since March, since we launched this damn show. Yeah, that's true. Oh my god, I'm, I'm like uh, I'm hidden under a rock over here in Arizona. Well, no, because uh, we have some mutual friends, and so like I was uh, chasing down Marcel, and he's like, "Oh, I know Ronnie. I'll, I'll hook you guys up." Nothing. I'm like, "Come on, dude." So finally, I just said I'm going to message him on uh, on socials, and. In, he finally wrote back. Goes, hey, I never read this, so here's my number. Just call me when you want. I me think on. it was one degree of it was one degree of separation. We were close. It was. We, everyone was like, hey, we, we're trying to get Ronnie. I know Ronnie. Hey, yeah. we're trying to get Ronnie. Yeah. I know Ronnie. We're like, dude, Did somebody someone get Ronnie. Up. Someone hook us up. <laughs> so, so it's seven ways to Kevin Bacon, but it's one way, one degree with Marcel. Is that, I, I'm going to blame Marcel. Exactly. Oh, it's me. totally Marcel's fault because you know this should have happened way before. He he definitely. Awesome. I was in. I was on vacation with my family in July. Having a conversation, he called me. I'm like, "Hey, by the way, uh, you know Ronnie? Yeah, yeah, I'll get you his number, no problem. I know Ronnie." <laughs> and then here it is, and I'm in November. I'm still waiting for Marcel to call me back with your crickets, phone number. Just crickets, <laughs> right? Hey, Ronnie, before we can talk to you, we've got an intro. Hang tight. Here we go. Yo, the truck show. <laughs> who dis? Who dis? Who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who this? Truck show represent 
So there you go. Who or, is? or is it CD Ted Talk represent? Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> so we've got a competitor on the horn, man. I know, but that's cool. That's the thing about <laughs> podcasting is is you all help each other out, right? Like it's it's all about sharing the podcast love, and we love the C10. Uh, is C-10 it the right, talk, rising man? tide uh, lifts all boats? Is that what the saying is? Did I screw sure, it up? why not? What is it? What I screwed it you up. Know, what it is, is rising tide uh, raises all boats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did he hang up on him? Um, what happened? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm thinking that with Easy E and Vanilla Ice, they they are so happy to hear that intro. You guys <laughs> killed it on that intro. Uh, yeah, you guys are uh, uh, the TTSP in the house. <laughs> I don't know if I like that acronym. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of. It, it lot sounds of like a feminine hygiene issue or something. You know what I mean? Uh, well, TTSP could sound like more than that. I mean, it all depends on what kind of day you're having, really, Jay. <laughs> I suppose so. All right. So, Ronnie, when did you start C10 Talk? Uh, well, thanks for having me, guys. First of all, I'm, I'm, I'm honored. And uh, um, I'm stoked to talk trucks with you guys. I'm jealous of you guys. Uh, you guys got uh, the. the uh, the full gamut of trucks. I've been doing the podcast for a little over four years. I'm going to say September of my Mesa Public Schools math, like uh, of four, so fourteen. So hey, yeah, that's a little like over four years. Four years longer than us. Yeah, <laughs> kicking our asses. <laughs> oh, that doesn't mean just that doesn't mean just because I've, I've been there first. But uh, we're having fun. We're figuring it out along the way. We're getting to meet a lot of rad people. That's what's. Uh, that's honestly what the funnest part about the podcast is for me. And what got you into it? So you had been, uh, you're obviously a C10 fan because you, you can't fake the funk. So what, what got you into it? Take us back a little bit. How'd you get started? Yeah, I would say a junkie. Um, always just loved the trucks, the lines. You know, growing up, I mean, uh, I'm 45. So my kids, are, so me as a kid, you know, we were in, you know, C10s, Chevy trucks, my whole life. My grandpa on one side had Chevy trucks. My grandpa on another side had some Fords. And uh, then my dad just had Chevy trucks. And so one thing that I always kind of uh, joke about and uh, GM had it figured out and I'm sure Ford did, too. I just didn't sit in that, in that many Fords. But um, when you're sitting there and you're sitting shotgun and you're going to work every day with your dad or your grandpa and you're going out to the lake, you're staring right at that glove box. And for 6772s primarily and in the uh, era before that, they have Chevrolet, they have some sort of branding right there. And. I tell you what, man, it worked and just always loved the body lines. And uh, just as soon as I could get a truck, I got a truck and uh, I've never not owned one since. So 25 years later. So it's kind of like uh, McDonald's with the Happy Meal. They just got you so early. You couldn't not be part of it. Yeah. Besides the cholesterol, I'm sure the same thing. <laughs> Everything else was, yeah, they're was, still, was, they're so, both bad for your health. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, well, one, one's the exhaust and, and the fuel, and, and I'm sure gas tanks or fuel tanks in the cab uh, to this day. <laughs> I, I always love having an old uh, truck in the garage because you walk out, you're like, oh, hydrocarbons. Kids today, they don't, uh, they don't get to smell that in the garage when they walk out in the morning. Not like yeah, us. It's, yeah, it's one of the best things about it is that old school things that you think about from, you know, the girlfriend. We used to say the girlfriend test is if she leans over and unlocks the doors, the millennials don't have to worry about that. They don't even have to worry about a damn key. One key, two keys, one key to get in the door, one key to start it. I mean, so many fun things that we uh, we took for granted. That's a proper time. That's a proper truck. So I, I was never a Chevy guy, per se. I was always kind of a Ford guy, but I sort of liked everything. It's because you're what? the devil. You're Come the on. devil. No, I know, I know. But but let me tell you, I've, I've got some I got some C10 stories of my own. My uncle, I'll right. never forget, my uncle was a, uh, a firefighter in the Air Force. And uh, when we were growing up as, as kids, uh, you know, he had bought, I believe it was an 84, 85 square body. 
It was a 305 truck, two-wheel drive, and it was fire engine red. And I will, a regular cab short bed, I will never forget the day he brought that to uh, my grandparents' house for, uh, for dinner. And it was like the reddest truck I'd ever seen. And to this day, it's just, I still remember how cool that truck was. I also remember my, my grandpa had an old brown C10, and it had a, uh, it was a step side with a camper shell on the back with a uh, rubber gorilla that hung from the uh, that hung from the rearview mirror. <laughs> it's those little things that you remember. Forever. No, yeah, and, and I remember he had transferred it to every car he drove. And when he finally had to give up driving, and my grandma took over, she's like, "Can you go take the gorilla out of the car?" So I took that gorilla off the uh, off the mirror, and we hid it in the house. First time my grandma takes my grandpa to the uh, to the doctor's appointment, he's like, "Where's my gorilla?" And uh, so that's kind of a, a old a family joke. But that truck, he would set me on his lap in my cousins. And we would steer, and he'd work the pedals, and we'd drive around the neighborhood. My mom did not find that out till about 10 years ago. And to this day, she's like, your grandfather did what? And so those are my C10 experiences right there. Like, I love that. Well, I still do that today, right? I do that with my grandpa. He puts me on his knee, and I drive around the truck of the neighborhood. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and people and people call the cops on us. They're like, what the hell's wrong with those guys? But uh, if you could go home, and if you could go back, would you take that red truck? Would you, If you could have that truck, your uncle's fire engine red 305, square body truck would you would you want it i mean oh hell yeah oh hell yeah no that i for sure a a short wide square body i take out the 305 i do an ls swap in it um roadster shop and some other people are doing crazy crazy upgrades on chassis now and those things are just classic my my other grandpa had a uh, uh 454 suburban 2500 he actually had two of those they towed their travel trailer so when i first got into magazines that was our tow rig for taking project vehicles to sema and stuff and the thing i love about those trucks Big ass flat hood and the skinniest steering wheel you've ever won with the, with the most overboosted power. And I would remember, I would have a trailer with ten thousand pounds on the back, be towing up fifteen on my way to Vegas with a you know fifty thousand dollar you know show truck, and it's like a piece of spaghetti I, in your yeah, hands. And right? I'm steering with two wheels, just hanging out. And that thing, my grandpa's suburban, was a triple bench, red velour interior, white on the ads, and like it looked like a casket. And uh, that thing, it didn't <laughs> empty. Was uh, ten miles per gallon. Towing it was ten miles per gallon. It, that yeah, truck did not care. <laughs> See, yeah. that was so cool because my grandfather collected Peugeots. Like I was sitting <laughs> on my grandpa's lap, and he's driving a Peugeot two hundred three that you guys have never seen. It's just like what I got gypped. Yeah, I got he, totally he sort of did. He sort of <laughs> did. Well, and I think I think the key right is is your grandpa. For Holman's grandpa, he probably was a little bit more loose about uh, not only the kids around the bourbon or the truck or whatever, and the Peugeot, your grandpa, Lightning, was not having it. And so I think back, and that's why I think personally, let's be honest, I think trucks are rad. I'm obviously a C10 enthusiast, a Chevy truck fanatic, but even a Ford, a Dodge, uh, some of those trucks, and you talk about it, about the different chassis, and and you look at what they do now with the old metal uh, we get to take what we liked back then and make it modern, and there's really nothing that's more just rad ass than an old truck, that old metal and patina if you can find it, uh, you know, wrapped around a modern drivetrain, an LS, whatever, a Coyote, whatever it might be. EcoBoost hauling ass with Raptor turbos. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my EcoBoost that's my '67 sure. F100. So I got to throw that in there. Just that's my that's, that's my Ford guy take. Any opportunity perfect. he has to throw it in there, he's got to let everyone know. He's got a, a bump side with Raptor turbos. Yeah. Oh, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of the bump side over the dent side. But of course, that's Me probably too. why you had Coffin on the show because Coffin uh, and and yeah. he not only is a fanatic about those Fords, but he uh, we we're not allowed to use the F word in my house. I actually kind of a funny. <laughs> (laughs) story my wife when i met her had a 66 mustang and uh it went down the road 
I bought her another one. It was a California car, original family, um, black on black, 289. I think it was uh, whatever the four barrel C code or something like that. A pony interior. I bought it for her. I wouldn't even title it in my name because I, I told her, I go, I don't <laughs> no even know. No, I swear to God. We sold it because she said, you know, I don't, we're not at this point right now for you to restore this car. And it really didn't even really need that much restoration. I sold it to another, uh, a, I'm a firefighter by, by trade. I sold it to another firefighter. He did the best. Oh, just killed it. Awesome job with this car. I'm glad he got it. But the story being, I wouldn't even title it in my name. I told my kids and my wife, I'm like, I'm on a roll here. I, I'm pretty much halfway through my driving life, if not further, and I haven't titled one yet. Uh, I'm not going to stop now. Now, there is one Ford that I would um, I would buy and I would drive. And uh, you're yeah, going to is that I, I, is that a modern one? Like a new Ford? No. Oh. No, no, I do like the Fords. I like the look of them, but no, no, I would never. Uh, I, I'm Modern trucks, A, they, again, go back to what I said, I'm a firefighter. They're, they're a little out of the price range, but um, <laughs> um, at least in Phoenix. I don't know how the Cali guys, but uh, no, I really, um, and you know, of all people who sent me one was Jonathan, which is going to be Aaron's sidekick, that there was one in Texas for sale not too long ago, but uh, it's going to be your second gen, so your first gen big Bronco. Yeah. which is going to be the dent side. 78, 79. Two years only, yep. 78 with the round headlights, 79 with the square. Oh, and they're, and uh, well, that's those style Broncos. I like those even probably more so than the baby Broncos. Me too. And then it's, uh, I think they call it, now my neighbor, of all people, this is so crazy, my neighbor has the truck, but I think Ford call them the freewheeling, and it's black with these crazy yeah, stripes. Yeah, it has the, like, like orange, yellow, and brown or something like that, like 70s uh, graphics down the side of it, right? Yeah, that's my kryptonite, man. Any kind of crazy <laughs> orange, anything with orange and yellow. I have, so what I have, which is, again, it's just crazy. I have a 1976 um, GMC big block truck, and it's a long bed truck. I'm thinking about, uh, very seriously about shortening it, but uh, it has with the impact stripes on it. So it's orange with a white underlayment, well, oh. a yellow underlayment, and then white stripes. Holman, I mean, just pulled up a, Holman just pulled up a photo of that thing. That <laughs> thing is so... <laughs> I, you know what that's a precursor to? No. The night edition. If anybody remembers, it, Ford with the... Uh, it must have been 85, 86, 87, right in there, had a black F100 or F-150 or Bronco with that same sort of like fade on it, except it was only along the body line, and it faded from blue to purple. This is like pre-fall guy. It was pre- called called the Night Edition, N I T E. So anyone who remembers this, was, it was like the first murdered out um, factory pickup truck, and it was all blacked out. I mean, the wheels were out. I think uh, they were the uh, the cast aluminum, but otherwise, I think the mirrors were black. The interior was black. Everything was black on it with this like bluish violet purple stripes like night edition it's like <laughs> i believe it was uh 86 87 so i believe it's it spanned the uh, bull nose and then ended somewhere in the late 80s with the arrow style of the obs fords and wow. uh, but night edition n-i-t-e I, I i think that's the norm now right if you maybe not the name but the styling is, yeah. is kind of funny how everything we you know once those once for Arizona, once the uh, white truck with black wheels or, or darker wheels started to take over, which really probably about 0506. And then, hell, if you even see anything that's uh, billet or chrome or anything like that anymore. Now, I think it's going to evolve, especially with the old trucks, the mags, the slots, that stuff's coming back big time in the old trucks. But Definitely. it's crazy to think how some of these companies might have been ahead of their time. And then they fall flat on their face because they're just they're not, you know, well, isn't it not funny, like all the vehicles that were ahead of their time. 
are valuable now, not necessarily yeah. because they were so far ahead of their time, but nobody wanted them back then. And so <laughs> there's so few of them, they're, they're cool now. So it, it's almost like, you know, I, I wonder, I bet you could probably find those things now. Um, this I just found one uh, at 92, so it was probably late 80s to, uh, to early 90s. But again, it was all blacked out. Even on the Bronco, had a black top and black mirrors and a black grill. And so, like I said, that was like the first murdered-out factory pickup truck. What year was OJ's Bronco? Uh, OJ's was a 95, I believe. And actually, yeah. people don't realize this, there were two OJ Broncos. One was what? AC Cowling's and oh, yeah. one was OJ's, and they were identical because AC bought his, and and the Juice wanted a matching one, and so the the murder Bronco is not the same Bronco that was in the freeway chase. Oh, no kidding! Yeah. So anyway, boom! Wow. OJ there's, a, there's some trivia that we didn't even Ford talk uh, for live on Ford talk. Uh, We've got OJ on the show today. I know we're going back in time. <laughs> so where did you, you find what, that? Hold on. We, I, we, yeah, we, draw that up again. Put yeah. that in the wrap. <laughs> oh man, there's sound effects and lighting's hiding from me that I, I, I still have no I idea know. where they. Hey, are. hey, Ronnie, what does your truck collection look like these days? Um. Well, unfortunately, more not running than running. Um. <laughs> yeah. Classic. I'm, I'm playing, yep. Yeah, all classic. I, I've got. Uh, well, no, I've got a. Um, Oh, well, an 07 classic, which is an o, a fancy way of saying leftover, uh, LBZ truck that I bought, <laughs> uh, you know, but I like how GM did that. You know, they're like, oh, we got these classics. Classics. And that's really just, yeah, well, something they that say the leftover. reason was for the plant switchover, right? Because they couldn't do all three production lines at once, so they phased in, and so... Basically, they're getting the last of that uh, that tooling <laughs> that had already been paid off. Get that get that profit on the way out. Yeah, and uh, I also believe, and that's probably why I bought the truck was that was where the uh, EPA kicked in, and they said, "All right, no more uh, no more LBZ motors or no more dirty motors," and so they kicked everything over. But I've uh, I drive an 07 Classic, somewhat of a daily, all the way to you know five miles to the fire station. But most of the time, I leave that at home, and I drive one of my classics. But I've got a handful of. Uh, I just bought again, and I think my my wife might end up with this one, but a '63. So I'm primarily for the C10 world, and for your audience, the C10 uh, world kind of has three phases and a little bit of a fourth phase at the end. But uh, you've got the '60 to '66, the '60, '70, '72, which is primarily you're going to be your your most uh, kind of the popular kind of they they kind of say oh like kind of like the the first series of Camaro. And then 73 to 80 is going to be your round headlighted square body. Now, 80 is a little different, but your square is square. And then the 81 to 87 is going to be what I call the slope nose. Sometimes people look at me like I'm crazy when I say that, but that's your second gen square bodies. Yep. And uh, so I, I picked up a 63. It's kind of running. My wife actually said she might want that one. I'm primarily a 67 to 72 guy. I've got a few of those. I've got uh, one that I bought from the original owner, one that I'm the third owner on. And then I've started to kind of get involved to the square body. When I was growing up, I did not like the square body because they were everywhere around. My dad had a handful of them. Uh, We grew up with a 73, 74 K5 Blazer, and I always liked the – like I said, the 6772s, but the square bodies have definitely grown on me lately, and uh, I picked up a few. And I've my, my most popular truck that I have is called Yellowstone, and it's a crew cab. First year GM went to a crew cab is going to be 73, which is also the first year of the square body. It's a crew cab slammed on the ground with a big old camper, and we've uh, logged uh, probably over 10,000 miles in that truck since I somewhat put it together. Who did the work on that thing? Uh, mostly me. I mean, uh, I primarily try to do as much as I can, depending on. 
um, a few little things here. Seth over at Switch Suspension, they helped me do some AccuWare stuff. So it's got AccuWare. And right now what I'm doing is I am I have the original big block. And like you talked about earlier with your grandpa Suburban, uh, 10 miles going and 10 miles coming. I've uh, I've taken it all the way to Texas twice, and I'm averaging about 8 uh, miles per gallon. So I've got <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard worse. Good. I've heard worse. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. I think it cost me – I almost you know, would, did a GoFundMe for the fuel account just for <laughs> getting over there to LST, but I'm like, uh, I can't, you know, possibly do that and, uh, you know, live with myself. But I think it was about 800 bucks to get there and back. Uh, the, the absolute best time is just hanging with your buddies. And that's, what's cool about the crew cab. Uh, those trucks are called three, three plus three, three, baby. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We were just talking to, uh, to our buddy, uh, Bobby Martins. He's got an old, uh, three plus three crew cab, uh, square body sitting in the shop up there at uh, sadistic. And, uh, I, I just remember that because when I was growing up and I was in probably seventh, eighth grade, you'd have the moms that were, uh, you know, that would be the room moms and you go on field trips and there was always the same parents and my parents both worked. So they were usually, they weren't usually, you know, uh, part of the carpool, the field trips and stuff. Uh, my grandparents would come sometimes they'd bring that three row suburban and then everybody would pile in and they had the cool car. But I'll never forget, everybody else had like Ford Explorers. Because back then, everybody had an Explorer, right? Everybody and their mom, literally everybody and their mom. Not my parents. My parents uh, were Peugeot. so lame. Nope, no, not the Peugeot. <laughs> they had a Chrysler station wagon with the fake wood panel. It was a LeBaron, I think. <laughs> yes, it, it was. It was so yeah. embarrassing. Oh. I'm telling you guys, <laughs> I'm still scarred. Oh. And my dad's hearing us oh. right now because he listens to the podcast. Dad, <laughs> no, it was, no. I, I hated that, that, that made thing. you who you are today. That made you who you are. Yeah. You have to embrace it. You I have can't. to. We're, you're past the point now. <laughs> nope. You reach a certain age where you have to you, you just accept that, who that you are and, i wouldn't yeah. own it no if amount you of paid plas- me no amount of plastic surgery at this point is going to make you any prettier you just have to go with it <laughs> i've i every once in a while i'll look it up i'll just i'll google an image and go that's butt ugly still today <laughs> it's not even I, although although if i took that same fake wood panel lebaron station wagon and i dumped it i mean i just nope. laid nope. frame no then it would still nope. be ugly and yeah, i wouldn't okay. buy it <laughs> yeah, exactly so anyway going back to everybody Holman, and Holman, yeah, Holman, yeah. we need to, we need to get dr phil on here so <laughs> Lightning, you're, you're telling me that you actually spend time thinking about this enough to go back and search it so you really do there's so it's like looking up an old girlfriend you know what you, you know what ronnie it, it's but because you're looking it up it, because on a couple occasions it was a lemon it was it was before they had the no, lemon no no law. no it was a lemon no before they <laughs> <laughs> had uh, before they had the uh, the lemon law. I think it was around the time in it, somewhere in the eighties, whatever. I just it almost killed my family several times. <laughs> and where we were in an intersection, it would stall, and then traffic comes screeching around us like it. Sort of like it, having a family dog that bites the kids on occasion. Is that something uh, like that? Yeah, yeah, and no, and it just had it had a red interior. It was it was maroon with a well, maroon that, that, interior. Yeah, that way none of your blood from dying would show up for the next owner. <laughs> it just goes off the dash, and it was just, <laughs> anyway, so so this mom had everybody in their mom had explorers, but this one mom had a crew cab dually. Three by three, square body, and I will never forget it was metallic root beer brown with a cream two tone on it. And then everybody put that was like, that's the way his mom's driving that thing in the school parking lot. I think it's cool. So this I sounds like Stacy's mom, that song. Stacy's mom, mom and she's got it going yeah, on. Yeah, I'm thinking she's hot. The way you're describing her, she's hot. She drives a three by three. A lot of people don't even know what the three by three. Even today, you'll go to a truck show and people will be like, "What's a three by three? And you kind of explain it. But the one thing about my truck and those three by threes that's that's absolutely just hysterical. And I've made a few T-shirts just based upon this. 
is there's a freaking teepee on there. Can you imagine, GM, uh, although they're shutting down plants left and right, I've heard, but yeah. uh, can you imagine them putting a teepee on a truck? I mean, those trucks, the Camper Special, that's what it was, they had a teepee on the on the on what would be the seat post of the truck right by the 3x3. Three three. I mean, that's absolutely hilarious. I, I loved it. I'd never it. be able to do the that The badges today. back then were awesome. Cheyenne and Silverado, and they all had that like cool Western font and stuff They'd like that. They'd get so sued and shut down for... You you know, uh, appropriation, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what generation is your personal favorite? When you look at a C10, I know a lot of people love the 67 to 72. I, I love a 67 to 72. And I'll tell you, when I fell in love with that truck, um, I like the egg crate grills. That's that's my favorite. And then I like the one with the bow tie in the middle with the, the long slots. But I didn't realize how much I liked that truck until I saw a black one in the right light. And That's people- what she said. Ah, yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the right light, the f- people don't realize the body lines on that drop in the front, raise toward the middle, and drop toward the rear, and it almost has a, a hint of the old Chevys with the uh, the tail fins on the cars. And it's a real subtle line. You don't really see it on a short bed, but on a long bed. Uh, you can you can make it out on a black truck, and it just it's so subtle. And I really that was the first time I loved a C10 was when I saw that 67 to 72 black at a photo shoot. I'm like, oh, I never caught that detail before, and I just I, I love that generation. Are we still waiting for Ronnie to answer? Yes, we are. Okay. Well, no, and what I hold on, what I what I think is is the body line. When you say that, it's not like if you think about the bed, uh, the top of the bed, it's underneath. Yes, that. correct. So the bed obviously is straight. Not like a, a, a 57 Chevy or something like that. It's the the pop out and the way that they curve that. It does fall back in the back, especially with a long bit. You get it accents. It's even more. But uh, I, to, when did I fall in love with? I I don't know that I can really answer that. I can tell you that my uncle had like a 70 and it was orange and orange is my, I, I don't know what it is. I, so sometimes people figure it out there. They just send me orange trucks for sale and then I end up with them. But, uh, my grandpa had a 67 and that was a camper truck that he put his camper on. My dad had a square body. We had a 73 blade, 73, 74 blazer. So that's going to be your full convertible blazer. I, so I was just always around them. And I think the 71, 72, I love two tone. I love uh, white top, anything white top. So once, so so to answer the the question would be, I always was a big fan of the '67 to '72, and I would still say that that's still my favorite. Although the square bodies, as of the last probably four years, have really started to get more popular within the movement. And I think, and you guys being truck guys, you know more about this than me. But I think what happens is, if you look back to like the mini truck in, and you look back to the Volkswagens, they're cool, but it's cool because you can afford them. And that's why C10s will always, well, hopefully, be popular, is because you can afford them, and they are getting popular to where they're a little bit pricier, and you know, but you can still find them, and guys can fix them up, and long beds go go to short beds, and the short beds but are the, still around. You know, it's hard to find yeah. a short bed 67 to 72 anymore, and people are cutting down long beds because they're just so expensive. I was say, does, it, does it kill you, Ronnie, that these things are going for so much money these days? I mean, you see them rolling across the auction block and you're like, oh, really? Like, they're becoming, some of them are becoming out of, getting out of our range? It doesn't, it, well, no, it doesn't. What I would say is sometimes more of a balance is that once something becomes so popular that you are already, at SEMA, somebody said something to me. I said, well, I've been in them this long, you know, 25 years, and I've had the podcast for, you know, we're in our fifth year. And uh, the guy said, uh, oh, well, you've been into C10s before they were cool. And, and to me, I'm kind of like, dude, hold on. I, I always thought I was cool. I, I like, I've liked them that long. 
And so then when everybody and their mother starts to get in on it, it's cool. And I have a radio show about the truck. So, of course, I'm going to like that in the popularity of it. But then it, it somewhat gets, I don't know, washed down a little bit. And it's and you have to find that balance. But again, well, look, if everyone's into punk rock, punk rock is no longer cool. You know what I mean? If everyone's into the anti, then the anti is now the norm. Well, and that's what I fear. I, I really do. I fear that with C10s and Chevy trucks. I think the lineage will continue. I think the community, going back to, I believe one of my first statements is the community is what makes it great. One of those things I like to say is the C10 trucks, or the trucks are cool, but the people are cooler. And and we've able been able to find such a great group of people. And so when you have that, the core will always be there, at least hopefully, you know, where you're going to have people that come in, they want to turn and burn, they want to make money, it's popular. But when you think about it, a guy told me today, he said, uh, this this cheap build has evolved into a forty thousand dollar build, and it's not, you know, impossible to drop eighty on a truck. You talked about it, Holman, about the roadster shop chassis. There's ten minimum. Then an LS. Well, an LS is going to be if somebody else is installing it. There's ten. So now you're to twenty, and you still really don't even have the truck. So I think you can still find trucks, short beds, eight grand depending, long beds. Um, you could still find them for four or 5,000 in Phoenix. A, a friend of mine, I just helped my, a friend of mine find a 68. He really wanted a 68 and we found it for, I think right around 3,500 for a long bed. It was running and, uh, he's going to cut it down and, and make himself a nice little short bed. That's so actually a decent still, deal. Yeah. They're still out there. His funny, he's an older guy. Uh, he's, uh, he's the guy I sold the Mustang to. And he's like, oh, I want to get a C10 and, and uh, build it. And I, you know, will he help me? And the thing now is get your opinion on it. But the thing that he kind of always back and forth, he's, oh, he's probably about, he's 60. So he's 20 years older than me, 15 years older than me. I tell him, okay, you're going to pay somebody to cut this bed side down and make this bed a long bed, a short bed. And he just can't have it. He's just like, why wouldn't I spend that amount of money on calling brothers and getting bedsides? And I'm like, listen, not the same. Not the same metal. You can't see, but yeah. you can't see, but we're both shaking we're, our heads. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you yeah. you can do that, but I hope you have a really good metal man. And the amount of money you're going to spend to have a really good metal man. Well, the guy, any the, of those aftermarket the guy looks vendors. at Ronnie and he says, "I want to go to Brothers and buy bedsides." And Ronnie says, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly." That's what she said. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I just told him. I said, "Listen, the gauge and and his truck and the one of the popular things in our community is." If you could find an old grandpa truck, which a lot of those you can, you can find them in the Fords, the bent side, the bump sides, the dent sides. You can find them in the C10s, and those long beds, those grandpas probably just didn't didn't burn them up the way those short beds got burned up. And so that paint line is there, and a good guy can cut it. And you you can either blend those scars, or some guys. I even had a guy ask me, "I want a truck with scars." They, they became popular to have scars. Yeah, I mean, they earned crazy. it, right? A lot of people will look at that and they'll say. That truck over the past 40 years earned that patina. Who am I to take it away? Every every dent, every bump, every scratch has a story. And I'll tell you, I was talking to Aaron Kaufman about the Fords and uh, when I was out there at his shop at Arclight, and, he's, and we were talking about how hard it is. So my truck is a 67, so it's a one-year only for the dash uh, badging and stuff like that. It's 68. They added, you know, the, required the reflectors and stuff. So the 68, or the, excuse me, the 67 driver's hood emblem that says F100 is impossible to find. 
uh, a really nice one. That's why we're making new ones. <laughs> Although I did find some good ones. I mean, they're out there, but they're expensive. They're 150 bucks, and they don't repop well, them. Well, you haven't seen the bill of badges uh, that uh, bill of badges are making. No, no, no. For my personal truck, we're doing something special. But right. for the average guy, those are hard to find. And so I was talking to Aaron. I said, you know, I think the reason that happened is because guys would be backing up the truck, looking over their right shoulders, and they'd hit something with the left front. Because you can always find a passenger side. You can't find a driver's. And Aaron said, you know, it's funny here in Texas, all of the bumps are dented on the fender on the right lower side. And I'm like, really? We don't see that in California. He said, because all the ranchers would push their gates open with it. And so every (laughs) F100 that he gets out there, if it's a Texas truck, has damage on that right front lower fender. And I'm like, you know, it's funny. It's being in a different part of the, the, the country, different different scars tell different stories about how those trucks were used. It's so cool. Well, if you you know if you're on the West Coast, you got uh, dents everywhere from the shopping carts at Ralph's. Oh my God! At the grocery seriously. store. Seriously. Oh. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool to hear that the Texas trucks and the California and how we try to match up a lot of our Arizona trucks with Minnesota and the and the the, the upper UP there because the interiors are so so you know stellar yet uh, the metal around it is is washed out and the, here the trucks are dry but the interiors are all rotted out. Yeah. Ronnie, does your wife think you're an insane person? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she already knew that. I'm pretty. I'm. I make Type A people look kind of slow. So I think I. I, I like the. Like she, that should go on a T-shirt, yeah. by the way. C10 oh, talk. Man. We make Type A people look slow. Yeah. Well, even Kaufman. Kaufman. Kaufman and I are friends, and he he actually came to the fire station one time, and uh, he, they were coming through town. Him and Jonathan, and I told the guys. I said, "Listen, you know, firemen for the most part are pretty Type A, and I'm." type a enough for them like they're like dude slow down and i told him i'm like, listen aaron's gonna come by and we had breakfast or something like that and hung out and i go listen he's gonna make me look like molasses and they're like there's no <laughs> no way and there's he no did way. and he oh, did he, oh dude yeah, he, talking to I him in person him. dude it, it, it's like there's so many things like you can see his brain is spinning and he is shooting it out as fast as he can and you're trying to grab it and keep a conversation going because he is that dude has a lot going on and a lot of ideas up there. Oh my yeah, god! It's, uh, he doesn't even finish his own sentences. They're going so fast. You're just like you're like. Well, I think this is probably what he would have said if he would have finished. It's like Mad Libs. You just have thing. to fill in the yeah. fill in the blanks. Before we let you go, do you have any fellow podcaster advice for our fledgling show? You know that you can throw our way, throw us a bone, tell us how to be successful. Uh, well, first of all, I think you guys are absolutely killing it already. Anybody who can have the song and continue. I, the first time I heard the song, so I see the Lego thing, and I'm like, what is this? Okay, <laughs> Why, who are these guys, you know, just right on my tail in these rankings? And uh, I see the Lego thing, and I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued. And then I hear the intro, and I knew that uh, that, that intro, obviously, I'm going to bust balls on it, but it's absolutely the recipe for success because – you guys are going to do one thing and the success that I hope you have and I wish that you continue to have is have fun. And that's all I try to do is have fun. I think with your guys' history, you know, uh, I think you guys know this already, but if you can't have fun, then what can you have? And, and sometimes I have to go to work and be more serious when I'm at work, but I think the podcast allows somewhat of, you know, less, less seriousness, less professionalism, and we could cut loose. And I think from yeah, it does. You, guys. Yeah, yeah. you know so, what's crazy is that Ronnie goes to work. Listen to this. Ronnie goes to work and he saves actual lives. Like he yes. saves people from burning buildings yes. and trauma and all that. Yes. And then when he does his podcast, he saves their lives again. Like guys who need 
escape while they're in their car. They need to go back to maybe their younger selves when yes. they're they want they're longing for that C10 or whatever. So you get it twice. Ronnie's a real hero, <laughs> unlike us. So you're just making like parts, and I'm just writing words about trucks somewhere in the world. But yeah. uh, no, you're right, Ronnie. We we. The, the 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 intro the songs the, that's what makes us different when we launched the podcast we just didn't want to be like anybody else we, we didn't want to sound like anybody else or, or copy anybody else's thing we wanted to have like that kind of radio show feeling and then but but make it about trucks and so we're we're loving it like we are having so much fun and so what would you guys say i mean you know you look at lightning's history in radio obviously your history in print media what would you say is um is there a challenge for you that you face and what would you recommend to a guy who's literally i just kind of just threw my hat in i was just a fire guy listening to podcasts that knew in phoenix we had a, a, a killer scene i knew some of the cali guys and I just was like, dude, I love to talk. I love to learn about people and their story. And the, and the magazine didn't give me the backstory. And that was really what I wanted. I wanted the backstory of, of what, why the guy picked that color, why that wheel, uh, what, what, why that truck, his grandpa, this, that, and all the, you know, diving in. So that, so Ronnie, that is why you're successful. It's not because if you were following a, it's the niche. We yeah. know that people latch on to something that is uh, fanciful to them. And they will, and, and they'll, they'll get as much as they can of it. But it's not just that. Like, it's the fact that you are interested about the people behind the vehicle. You're interested in, the, in who they are and how they got there. And I like to call it the backside of water, right? Like, like the whole point was... Which most people don't understand. They don't understand that. So it, please it, it's, explain. It's a Disneyland reference. If you've ever been to Disneyland, you've been on the Jungle Cruise, there's a thing where they go behind a waterfall, and the joke is, it's the backside of water. But, but that's what we like to bring people is... The experiences or the or humanizing companies or or products or the inside story. I can't tell the stories in print that I've had for twenty years, but the podcast allows me to tell these stories in a format that I couldn't do otherwise. And that's what's so fun and exciting and interesting to me. And and it's I think for all of us it's it's consistently uh, building uh, you know, creating uh, a show and then growing your audience. And then the second thing, love what you do, be authentic to who you are. And uh, tell tell somebody a story that and give them access to something they wouldn't otherwise have access to, and I think that's yeah, it. Buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Damn, son. I'm gonna write that down. That was the that was more than the backside of water. <laughs> that was both sides of water right there. That's right. Oh, both uh, sides of water. That's so, Holman, you water. just dove in. You dove into the, the more than the backside. I think what another thing you guys have going on that you know is that I sometimes wish I had, but. Um, I just think that it's cool that you guys have a little yin and yang. You know, you've got the, the personality of both guys, and then you get the third entity. And uh, I think that the chemistry is key, and I think you guys have that. So I think with the with the really awesome rap song or intro song, <laughs> chemistry, you got the sky and the backside of water is the limit for you two. We uh, we appreciate that. I'll tell you the secret to our success is we actually hate each other in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's not true. No, no, that's not, uh, not true at all. Man, well, thank you so much for uh, for coming on and. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna pimp you out uh, when this thing drops. Uh, and uh, dude, awesome talking to you. Would you come back on sometime? Or if you come out to LA, will you let us know so you can come sit in studio? Hey, with wait us? a minute, hold on. He's gonna be a Lone Star Throwdown, right? I will. I will. So is the backside of, is the backside of water wet? That's the question. If it is, then yes, I will. No, no, it's dry. <laughs> we can't. We can't yeah. tell you. You have to experience no. it on your own. I can't wait to get to Disneyland and figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to be Googling stuff tonight. If we don't uh, talk to you or see you before LST, we will see yeah, you there. Let's, we'll, we'll let's hang up, up for yeah. sure. Yeah, that, that'd be fun. We do a little cruise out there, so I call it eastbound and down to the throwdown, and we drive our 
So we, we, we work on our trucks. We, um, we drive old trucks, classic trucks all the way out and kind of going back to the success of things. What, uh, what really comes of that. And I encourage you and your audience and everybody else is, is if you can, if you've got an old car, an old truck, um, you know, put the cell phone down and grab a buddy, maybe a guy that doesn't like trucks, but I tell you what most guys and some girls like is just, um, window out window or window down arm out hanging out with a dude and, uh, you know, maybe some old school rap song songs, maybe just whatever high school eighties rock, whatever it was. Um, I can tell you what it's, it's one of those things in today's fast paced world we live in. Um, it's, you know, three, four days in the truck or in the car and you look back and you're like, I'm, I'm really kind of glad I did that. With there's, my there's no better way to connect with someone. Yeah, absolutely. It's cathartic. Like that experience of a road trip with somebody in an old truck, Nice day in the desert, cruising across some abandoned highway with uh, tumbleweeds. Oh, man. I miss yeah, those days. Yeah. I miss those days <laughs> well, a lot, guys. <laughs> well, and that's all if you make it. If, if the truck breaks down, then you're a son of a bitch because you're like, what the hell? You told me this truck was running. And then we go, thank God for modern <laughs> times, a cell phone, and AAA. But then you look back, and it's all fun and games. So, and then you're just hoping that a hot mom and a 3 by 3 dually shows up. And <laughs> with an empty trailer. Look at that. Yeah. With a callback, everybody. That's the way he wraps up the podcast. That's why Ronnie oh. is great. Ronnie Wetch, C10 Talk. You're the best, man. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, thanks for brother. your time. All, All right. right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Is that gummy fish? What is that? Oh, Harbo Golden Bear. Goldie Bears. Our, Goldie Bears? Our, uh, our guest brought it. He brought pizza. He brought Dr. Pepper. Now, who's our guest? Are you going to introduce him? Yeah. Is his mic turned on? Uh, it is now. All right. This is Ben. Ben, what's up? How are you guys? We're good. Ben, ben works at AEV. Yeah, Ben Palmer is a uh, longtime listener, first-time studio goer, <laughs> and uh, Ben works for our friends over at uh, American Expedition Vehicles, and Ben said, I have some work down in SoCal, and I've been listening since show one. Uh, if I bring you pizza, can I come hang out? And, and we're I said, like, yes. You can come anyway, and if you bring pizza, now, yeah, now we're going to have to have, <laughs> so, like, Swedish hugs fish, and kisses or something. Gummy bears. Pizza, two pizzas, two pizzas, and uh, uh, breadsticks, and more important than all of that, no giant double gulps full of Dr Pepper. Will Matt Felderman, who is who our uh, listeners will know from AV, sign off on all this expenditure for us? I doubt it. What if, <laughs> what if we put buy AV products immediately on this show? I double doubt it. Damn it! Really? You think would be the, like, uh, yeah. this would be the Ben fun? Did you see what he drove up in? Uh, no. I was in here prepping the studio. Was that a recruit? That's a 2017 1500 recruit. So uh, totally AEV'd out Ram 1500. What? It's freaking gorgeous. Okay, well, can we... Oh, it's it's dark out. We can't take a picture. Mm, Damn. Well, we I mean, try. We, we can. It will yeah. look lame, but we'll... Let's, let's do this. After we're done, you're gonna we're going to hop in your truck. We're going to go to 7-Eleven, and I'll buy all spring for chocolate chip cookies. How's okay. that? Deal. Right? Arm, Sold. Arm twisted. <laughs> okay, Sold. good. All right, Holman, it is time for... Oh, you're going to sit in here for this? I'll sit in. You're going to clown us? No. I hope so. Okay. Time for inbox. Are you going to dance? You email. Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. This is where Holman gets his groove on. You don't have to add that. <laughs> it's uh, involuntary. It's like we're 
Club Metropolis in Riverside, California, oh my 1994. God. 90, yeah, I'm just saying 95, but... <laughs> they took out over an Alpha Beta supermarket and turned it oh. into a club. Wasn't that in Rubido or something like that? What club is off Rubido? Uh, I like think way that, out there. I don't know, but Club Metro was so I far... I remember. I'm like, am I still in California? That was like the... Um, what was the one in Irvine? Kokomo's, right? That was Kokomo's. Kokomo's is what we used to call well, it. Well, because it was 18 and over. Right. But that that was the Kokomo's of Riverside. Yeah. Way out there. And it was also 18 and over. So those girls yeah. would come in with their fake IDs, <laughs> and the guys would all roll in trying oh. to scam on the young girls and the whole thing. And Man. Yeah. Do we sound old? Uh, yeah, we do. Back in the nineties, we used to have underage. Are we supposed to be reading drinking. email here? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, who's yeah, first? You, you've got email, so you should. Uh, okay, I'll start. This or one. I can read. Uh, no, we can both read. Okay. I mean, not well, but no, we'll, we'll try to read. Not well. Okay, uh, this one's called Truck Comments by Kirk. Uh, so, two-part email coming up. Well, maybe I'll just get to the first part here. <laughs> I'd like your opinion on a truck recommendation. Only truck owned is a '67 Jeep Gladiator. I'm looking at buying a tow vehicle slash trip vehicle. I have an 88 4Runner solid axle swapped on 37s that my twin three-year-old boys love taking out. I also have a five-month-old daughter and a wife that enjoys camping and getting out to the awesome places enjoyed on the West Coast. And then parentheses, he says, uh, West Coast pompousness. (laughs) (laughs) Bearing in mind, a lifted vehicle on a trailer, gear for five and spare parts slash tools. Do you have an ideal tow rig? My thought goes to a 2012... Uh, or newer three-quarter ton truck. GM is out due to the damn steering wheel. Uh, <laughs> I lean towards Fords okay. due to the driving comfort. Okay. And I feel like for peace of mind on trips, the heavier-duty trucks win over the, quote, half-ton, uh-huh. end quote, trucks. And gas or diesel? Secondly, I'd love to hear more from Banks, Payway, Freiburger, uh, Fred, and any of the other guys about their older days and the stories they have. In my opinion, some of the best stories have come from the back and forth between you guys and the guest. Listener since episode one, Kirk, and he says, Bye, stars! All right. So uh, I can answer that first one. Yeah, okay. Um, honestly, and not to be Nissan shill, you should go look at a Titan XD. You absolutely should. Why not? I mean, it's in the middle. Uh, you can get a heck of a deal on one, five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, and you can get gas or diesel. If he's not interested in going down that road, I think a true three-quarter ton would be great. Um, Ram, I personally in the three-quarter ton appreciate the Cummins, although that might be too much engine for what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. The 6.4 takes a lot of fuel, and it's really peaky on towing. So in that platform, I, I like the diesel better. Um, and as far as the Ford goes, pretty much... Power Stroke, and again with the Ram or the Ford, with either the Cummins or the Power Stroke, there's going to be a price to step into that. Where I think that you might be surprised, the Nissan XD crew cab, plenty of room for the family. Yeah, it's a good size. It's got the tow rating to tow what he wants. Oh, and something S- about the warranty. Yeah, they're quiet. They ride well, <laughs> so you're not taking the. You're full... supposed to take the d- the bait and go yeah. five years. Well, I'm trying not to be a shill. I'm trying okay. to be honest. I, right. But I honestly think he's the type of guy that listening to this. He might be surprised. I'd I'd head down to Nissan and, and at least drive the Titan. Um, I, you might you might find that it fits that sweet spot. Okay, I'm not going to argue. Uh, can I turn to our guest, Ben? Do you have any uh, Do you have any advice for uh, for our our, our towing friend? I, I think you said it pretty well. Uh, Nissan Titan XD kind of fits the mid you know midway what you're saying there as far as warranty, towing capability, everything else without breaking your wallet. So I, I would agree with that. Um, See, I'm not being a shell. 
<laughs> no, I, I, to get into a Power Stroke or Cummins, they're both excellent, excellent tow rigs. But and you're right, pricey. Yeah. You've got to get your big wallet out. And you when you can, go to the fuel stop, you got to get your big wallet out. Money for money, you can get a Nissan Titan XD with a Cummins 5 liter. That would totally be acceptable to tow that load for about 8 to 10 less than a comparably equipped American three-quarter ton. Maybe more if they're happening uh, to get the uh, the 18s off the lot and they have some incentives on the hood. So yeah. it's a hell of a value proposition if if it's going to be your all-arounder. So That buys a lot of diesel. That's uh, That does buy a lot Indeed. of diesel. You're up. All right. I got one from uh, Colby here. He says, hello, Lightning and Holman. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> My name is Colby White and friends have jokingly called me White Lightning. Mm. That is because... When I was 17 years old, I was struck by lightning. No way. Yeah, he says. No way. Because yes, it really happened. I was working on a ranch in Utah when boom, and I woke up in a hospital. <gasps> no real side effects, but also no superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> Neither me, my no. friend. No superpowers. He says, uh, anyway, I'm a big fan of the show. I'm uh, more into older trucks, pre-91 mostly. I've owned an 84 Chevy K20 since I was 16. Currently has a 454, an SM465, backed by MP205. It has a nine-inch lift on 37s. I call it the Black Pearl because the thing is cursed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder what's wrong with it. He says, uh, I love all the jingles, witty banner, great information about all things trucks. He says, he just listened to the episode about you guys selling Lightning's truck. You seem to not like the idea of the price on the air, so I thought of an idea that might make it less, hmm, awkward. Another podcast called The Muscle Car Place, which is hosted by Robert Kibbe, host of the Kibbe and Finnegan Show, so we know Robert. Yeah. We know Finnegan, obviously. He has a segment called Muscle Car eBay Pick of the Week, where he picks a car from eBay and gives some stats and price. Maybe you guys could do something similar with the truck show. Fans can submit trucks they want to sell, and you can randomly select one and make it the pick for the week and talk about it for a minute. Of course, I'll leave the part of picking a catchy segment name and creation of another annoyingly beautiful jingle <laughs> to you guys. Thanks for helping me pass the time and learn some good stuff. And he says... Five stars. stars! There we go. Hey, Ben, you want to try that? Should we try a, a three yeah, You want to get on this? Go, it's kind of hard. Hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. I got to right. move right. the microphone stand. Yeah, hold, hold on, hold on. Here we go. All right, so all are right. we doing double-handed? Yeah, yeah. Everybody puts up because then it's like a it's a five-star triangle. Oh, okay, got it. Right. Well, wait, this is like a pentagram. Looks like we're like, <laughs> dancing <laughs> with the devil yeah, I don't know here. what this is, but put your hands down to it already. All right, right. And uh, let's see. Colby, thanks so much for your... Five stars! That did not work. That was horrible. All right. Wait, 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 wait. Here, Move here. the microphone. All right, here, here. Move right, the microphone back. All right, ready? All right, Ben, I'm going to have to stand up for this one. One, right, two, three. Five stars! That was solid. Right, that was better. That was better. We had good timing on that one. Yeah, and we pegged the needle. That might have distorted. Yeah, somebody's speakers, uh, we owe them a new pair for their... Uh... <laughs> Get Alpine on the phone. All right, uh, <laughs> this one is titled Apologies to Lightning. Uh, it, says, it says, hey, guys, I wanted to start off with an apology for the lowercase L jokes toward lightning in my last email. <laughs> he rekindled my joy of listening to the show by sending me uh, my badass truck show podcast T-shirt, which uh, I love. Okay. All right. There you go. I bought his love. Bribed him off. All right. But secondly, being um, but second being I'm a diesel owner and I'm inclined to ask that you guys could alternate and go more in depth with the diesel industry. I'm aware of the other podcasts in reference to diesels, but they like the enthusiasm and the ability to entertain the audience, in my perspective anyway. I love you guys, and I'm really not interested in gasoline engines or the majority of half-ton truck talk. But you do provide a wonderful show that even if the topic doesn't appeal to me, I still enjoy it. Big thanks from Kyle Green. P.S. Curious if you could send me a rad sticker to match my awesome shirt. Sure. Send okay. me a sticker. Yeah. I'm, f- I'm fine with that. Yeah, I can afford, like, what is it, 45 cents for a stamp now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can, sh- sh- should I UPS him a sticker? 
Uh, I mean, <laughs> snail mail. It still get there in three well, days. Well, I just need to figure out what his address is. We'll have to go back. Uh, the, no, uh, I have it. It's right here. Oh, save that one, and we'll get him a sticker out. Ian McGorry says, "Lightning and Holman, big fan of the show. I've been slacking. Thank you. I've been slacking off a bit, so I've missed a couple episodes, but I plan on going back to listen to them. I was looking on Spotify podcasts over the summer, just out of curiosity, and I came across this podcast. No way. And I've been listening ever since. So here's the thing about Spotify is that I love Spotify and uh, it's been my go-to music player of choice until I found out that we are going to be on Pandora. No, we're on Pandora right now. We're on Pandora right now? Yeah. Like right now. Yeah. We were hand-selected from Pandora to join them in their beta test of their new podcast platform. Okay. So if you go to Pandora and you have the app on your phone, you can uh, sign in to get podcasts for the next month ahead of everybody else. And I believe we're one of like 32 or something in our segment. And there's only like four or five automotive ones. And C10 Talk with our buddy Ronnie yeah. is one of the ones in the in the beta test. No way. Us. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you can listen to us now if you have the Pandora app on your phone, Android and iOS. And then it'll be rolling out, I believe, sometime in January, which is which is super cool. Here's the thing. There is no excuse. If someone goes, yeah, I couldn't find that show you were talking about. We are everywhere. That's BS. If there's audio, we're there. All right. So Ian continues. I'm 18, and while I can't say that I'm currently a very technical person when it comes to trucks, I'm definitely trying to learn more. I drive a 2002 Ford F-250 with the 6.8 liter V10, but it's not doing too great right now. Hmm. Why? He doesn't say. Well, makes wh- me makes me sad for him. I mean, what? It's not doing too great now. What fuel pump I don't died? Know. I mean, what? Just, that's it. He just Did says, it? "I wish I could do more off-roading, but my family needs to tow our RV." Anyway, really looking forward to more of your shows. And although I'm not on iTunes. Five stars! Five stars! Sweet. So here's what here's Now, wait a minute. Hold on a second. How can he give us five stars, but he's not on iTunes? Well, that's what you're saying. I'm not there, but I give you one. So here's what I'm going to say to all of you people who have gloriously emailed us and <laughs> you said- You have such a big mouth at those gummy, gummy bears. bears. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was trying to get through it. I thought, I thought, I thought you'd do it, but I guess not. All right. For all of our listeners who have uh, uh, five-starred us, but they're not on iTunes and they've been asking, like, where can I leave you a rating? There is a pod- cast like discovery website called pod chasers pod, pod chasers podchasers.com mm-hmm. and if you go there you can find us and give us a review and that's what a does. science fiction movie i'm just Doesn't saying sound right totally but what it is what do you is, hey bro what are you doing over there pod, pod chaser <laughs> yeah right so uh if you go on there what's cool is you can give us a five-star review and it'll populate it for other people to find us so oh. if you're not an apple user or, uh, on ios or apple podcast head over to pod chaser and then Give us a review there. And where? when did you find out about this? Today. Okay. <laughs> so seriously, We're today. a little late in the game, I, but I know. better I, late than never, uh, right? Actually, I was, I'm on Quora because mm-hmm. I enjoy just the random topics on Quora. And one of the things I subscribe to- I hate Quora. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, one of the things I subscribe to is podcasts. <laughs> okay. And so it's interesting, people's questions, and then I've been learning kind of- Are you on Reddit too? I can't do Reddit. I am not it's too, a Reddit guy. Here's the thing. I feel like Quora has more qualified people, and they give better advice, and they're like in snippets- I feel like the Reddit people are just trying to have, Hey, like, look at me. It's all, my, hey, look mine's at me. bigger than yours. Yeah. All day long. And I can't do that. But Quora seems like it's more professionals sharing info. So well, that's how it started. I, I like Quora. Yeah. Better than Reddit. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got another email? No. I, you didn't give me one. Oh, it's, all uh, right. Well, I then, have nothing else to read. Then, I, although, you know what we do have? Although, you know what we do have? Uh, one more email. Oh, go ahead. Sure. <laughs> this, one, this one's from Cody. It says, hey, Lighting and Holman, been a listener since the first episode. Your podcast make the drive to and from work fly by. Great job with the SEMA coverage. I enjoyed listening about all the new trucks and tech coming to the market, even though I don't think I'll be trading up anytime soon. Here's a picture of the truck, an 06 Dodge Ram 1500 Sport that I've had since I was 18. He's 27 now, so 
That's pretty awesome. Oh, wow. He says, it's my never-ending project. Keeps me busy on the weekends, and I love it. So he sends us a couple pictures here. It's a red uh, quad cab, great-looking truck. He says, in one of your recent episodes, you had a listener who wrote in who worked for Caterpillar in Lafayette, Indiana. He says, I work at a cat dealer uh, in uh, Toromont, uh, oh, excuse me. I work at a cat dealer, Toromont Cat, for their energy division here in Quebec, Canada. He says, those motors that he assembles sometimes pass through our shop where we customize them and the gen sets for the client needs. There weren't any 3600s around, but here's a crankshaft from a 3512 I had pulled apart. Oh, the let, impact let on the that. table gives you an idea of the size. Thanks, guys. Keep up. Oh, oh, look at that crankshaft <laughs> next to a DeWalt drill. You know, it's like and dwarf. it is, oh my lord, that thing has to be eight foot long? Oh, yeah. Six to eight feet long, it, that crank? It, it's, it's, that's a pretty big crank. What was, what would, must something like that cost? Just that oh, crankshaft. I, I don't know. Hey, uh, hey, Cody, if you're uh, listening, let us know what a crank would cost. If you break a crankshaft, what does that run? Because that's got to be 4130 chromoly at yeah, least, dude, right? It, it thinks, it, whatever it is, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So anyway, uh, Cody says, I remember guys. when I couldn't afford like uh, a mongoose bicycle that was made out of 4130 chromoly. So you got the plastic it like, one? It was like- the head tube broke? No, nah, it was nickel. It sucked. <laughs> it was nickel and it would tarnish all the time. Yeah. And so I, I that was 300 bucks. And that's a, I can't even imagine what something 80 times the weight cost. Or, yeah. Man, I, what do you mean, 80, 500 times the well, weight? Well, I mean, if that's going to a gen set, you can't afford to have that fail. So, I mean, that's that's serious. Anyway, he says, thanks, guys. Keep the good work. And bye, bye stars. There we go. All right. So over the past few episodes, we have been uh, pimping out. Yes. Asking. Sure. Yeah. Begging. No, we haven't pleading. been begging. No, no, no. We're not begging. Okay. We have been um, informing you of our new uh, five-star hotline. Right. That would be uh, 657-205-6105. And uh, Ben in studio here is just, why, is that on speed dial? What's going on there on your cell phone? Uh, it's on speed dial. Not sure why. <laughs> I haven't used it yet. You haven't used it yet. You Not stored yet. it? No, I mean, just stored it because, you know, driving down the road, hear a funny thing on the podcast. I love Boom, it. I need to call you and talk to you about it. I'm not talking to you. Leave you a note about That's it. That's hilarious. He might actually call us from the studio while we're recording the show to tell us how much fun he's having. But we can't play back in real time. Well, he's sitting here. He can just, if he's got a question, <laughs> he can just ask. That's just awkward. Yeah, it's really weird. awkward. So uh, <laughs> have you been listening to the voicemail lately? Uh, I mean, some of okay, them. Okay, so here's what's funny is Google Voice will send us like a text trans transcript. Tran- of, translation, right? yeah. And they are By the awful. Way, it's more than a transcription. <laughs> it's a translation. It is hilarious. Yes. Um, they call the show all sorts of things on Google. Um, I have uh, Lightning and Hold You. Um, <laughs> I've got uh, Whole Man and Lightning. Uh-huh. Um, I've got um, one of my favorite ones was... Instead of the Truck Show podcast, yeah. it's the Churchill podcast. The Churchill podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's a ton of gold in there. I think we need to uh, we need to share our listeners with our other listeners. I think so, too. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Hotline. I don't know if I'm happy with that jingle. Are you? It's awful. <laughs> but we had to have something, so we made it in like five minutes. <laughs> Lightning Holman. This is Connor from Washington. I'm uh, it's about five o'clock in the morning. I'm... Driving up and over Stevens Pass, and uh, just got my T-shirt this last weekend. Pretty pumped. Thank you guys. <laughs> Even though I didn't get my email uh, read online, but uh, that's right. I still got a T-shirt. Thanks, guys. You guys are doing awesome. Listen to you guys every single week. I wait for you guys every Monday morning when I make this drive. I download it and listen to you guys the whole way. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Aww. I appreciate that. Where the hell is Stevens Pass? Um, 
Well, he's from Washington, so yeah. I would guess way up north. Um, oh, Ben, you want to you want to weigh in here? I believe it's eastern Washington, northeastern Washington. Is that like so uh, east, east of, of Yakima? Yep, exactly. Got it. So, okay. uh, so yeah, um, you know what that reminds me of? No. It's like coming home and your dog's on the porch, and doesn't matter how bad your day is, but he's like, "I'm waiting for you, buddy." No judgment. This big old puppy dog eyes, <laughs> just saying, "I want to hop in the truck and go for a ride." No. Okay. Here okay. We go. All right. Next. Lightning and Holden. You guys are awesome. This is Ethan from Bellflower, California, clocking into the five star hotline, King of the Death. <laughs> I'm sitting in Cerritos right now at my favorite ramen shop, waiting for a takeout order. But I wanted to tell you a story. He's in his favorite ramen shop waiting right. for a takeout order. Said nobody ever. Uh, except there, you guys, if you're not from Southern California, ramen noodle shops- Are popping up all over. They're like yogurt stands in the 90s. It's the, it's the pokey of uh, last year. <laughs> yeah. No, pokey was never this big. There are ramen shops- Everywhere. Everywhere. Um, I recently was listening to one of the episodes you guys are talking about, Jack, um, and I was meeting with my the owner of my company that I work with. And he was looking into stuff to put onto his Toyota Tundra. And I talked about a depth system with him. And that same day, he was on the phone with Oral Parts, calling in and ordering his depth system. We went into the back of a shop and installed it ourselves. And then about three days later, we bought another one and put it on another one. Hold on. Hell yeah. Mark that so we can send it to Greg, because at SEMA, he said we only need to sell 18 more. We're down to 16 now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Dude. Okay, right keep going. So, just wanted to share it, let you know that you guys are selling depth systems left and right. That's two, at least. Hope the good work. And hopefully, Dex can give you some more sponsorship stuff for the stuff that you sold. I love the show. Peace. Dude. Whoa, that's uh. That's a happy surprise right there. Yeah, I nice. like that. All right, so okay. the five-star hotline has already paid for itself. <laughs> yes, it well, it was free. So, yeah, well, yeah. you know. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, Holman and Lightning. Yes. Oh, don't, yes. Be, don't start it up. Don't Absolutely. be a dick. Don't be oh, a dick. Keep it coming, listeners. <laughs> keep up the good work, guys. Setting the podcast. You wanted to hear from somebody driving a tractor trailer. I'm driving a semi through Springfield, Missouri right at the moment. Yes. Uh, drive for a local grocery store chain in the Midwest. Keep up the good work. Five star! Yay! Five star! Oh, that was sweet. Oh, right on. Okay, so uh, now we need, uh, we got the tractor trailer. Now yep. we need a combine or a actual tractor. Nice. Yeah, I agree. Oof. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this the five star hotline? Man, you guys are really getting up there. What's up, guys? This is Jordan with Daytona Truck Meet. Yeah! <laughs> to check in with y'all, see how everything's going. Loving everything you guys are doing. You guys are doing awesome. Keep it up. Five stars. Yeah. Hey, one quick question. What would be, for a new person coming into the industry, what would be their best way to get into the industry? Just a quick question. Figured I'd uh, ask y'all, get y'all talking. Peace. Peace, Jordan. Now, that's a question that I would ask, like, a uh, someone in the porn industry. <laughs> you know, like, how do you get into the industry? Well, in I guess I would ask, in what regard? Right. I mean, you're talking about being a mechanic, you a, a, an automotive designer, a marketeer, a marketer, uh, um, a PR guy, a journalist. Uh, boy, I don't know. I, designer. Well, okay, so if you're if you're young, through school. Yeah. Right. And if you're old, uh, through I, school. Yeah, school. <laughs> I guess. Now here's the thing. Here's the deal. If you know. What you love doing, this industry has everything. It, it has engineers, and it has marketing, and it has 
history, it has journalism, and I mean, it's, it's just so much to offer. You just got to figure out what the uh, niches that you love, and then start doing that. I think the best way to do it is to network. The more people you know, and the uh, more you get yourself out there, the more people want to do stuff with you. Well, we also talked about mentorship, and that's finding somebody that um, you um, can relate to, someone that inspires you. Well, and those people oftentimes are right under your nose, and you don't. We know talked there. about that at the uh, SEMA Brew Talks. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we can play just that mentorship clip. Name one of your mentors and explain why mentorship is important. Gail Banks, Aaron Kaufman. Well, that's just cheating. No. So we should say who's uh, the stars on this panel. This is a yeah. SEMA Brew Talks where I was I was doing my best to get everyone drunk. You were the co-host <laughs> and you were uh, you might as well have been the bartender. I wasn't the co-host. I was the no, host. The host, yeah. And the I MC. was so we had four people sitting uh, behind a, a bar and they all had beers and those people were Jesse Combs. You've seen her on TV. She's the world's fastest woman on four wheels, right? We had Gail Banks. We had you. And we had Mr. Aaron Kaufman. Oh, thanks for and putting me in front of Aaron. I figured I'd be last in that whole thing because I'm the lowest on that total. I saved the best for last. And Thank then um, it was a room full of 300 plus people. It was standing it was, room only. It was packed. Yeah, it was packed. And this was up in one of the conference rooms uh, after, I don't know, midweek at SEMA. Yeah. And it was, uh, you had to uh, sign up and get it, whatever. It was it was an amazing event. It lasted only an hour. We could have gone for two hours. Easily. And... Um, it's funny, Aaron busted me afterwards because he thought I asked too many, like, depressing questions. Oh, really? Well, because I asked about, one of my questions was about, name. tell me about a time when safety equipment has saved your life, which I thought is kind of an interesting, interesting. story yeah. and interesting. And I guess he didn't look at it that way. He's, He's like, bummed out? He was kind of, I'm like, dude, I, they were all happy questions except for that one, but that's oh. the one he remembered okay. for whatever reason. But one of the questions that kind of resonated was about mentorship. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the people in this group, it's SEMA education. They're younger people. But it's interesting. I looked out in the crowd and saw some older some older gentlemen. And, a and, lot and, of people. Yeah, and w- some women out there. And uh, so we thought this would be uh, an appropriate place to play this clip. Well, and, uh, <laughs> mentorship is super important. And I didn't really realize that until the last probably five, ten years of my life. I didn't realize how much of a, a mentor this guy was. I mean, I built with him one of the first ever. She's leaning on uh, Gail Bank's shoulder at yes. this point. Yeah. For twin turbo Duramax engines way back in the day. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I learned so much from this guy. Wasn't that in a Humvee? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. The suburban gorilla. (laughs) And, um, It was, and and it was, and I didn't realize how much I learned from him in the few days that we were filming together and going to a shop and seeing all of those things. And now, all of these years later, that was what, 14, 13 years ago. Yeah. And now when I see him, like I can, I can legitimately have a normal conversation with him. I can ask these questions of like, what does it take for him to go from the levels of which he has? Cause I don't know if you guys know this man's history, but this is, he's amazing. He has done everything that you can possibly think of that has anything to do with power. And so being able to have a normal conversation with somebody like this can put you above the rest of everybody else. But it's not just people like Gail Banks. Like I have people that have been in marketing for, for Vans shoes for the rest of, you know, for their whole life. And I learned so much from them. It's, it's being able to sit down and listen and absorb the information that they have, what they've learned, listen to their failures. So you don't have to go through that again. The mentorship is so important. Unfortunately, all of my mentors are no longer with us, uh, with the exception of one, Ed Iskandarian. And you can't turn off Ed Iskandarian's mentorship. It just, there's no off switch on the man. 
Mentors are incredibly important. Uh, you may not realize this if you're younger. And it, it's a two-way street because as an older guy now, you know, I'm pushing 80, you've got a deal where you tend to get conservative. And there's nothing like sitting in a conversation with a jackass like this guy right here <laughs> and having, Love you him, too, Gail. <laughs> having him shock the living hell out of me with, you what? You're gonna I like how he just called you a jackass. Yeah, by the way, that was Gail calling me a jackass. I know, it was awesome. <laughs> Do what? Put what on what? That, well, wait a minute, that could work. <laughs> Mentorship works both ways. And, uh, you, you know, it seems to be coming into vogue to talk about that word, but... Uh, oh, mentor. Uh, yeah, you guys drink? Yeah. It's, it's been said it's, like eight times already. It, it's, drink it, once. It, it, it's the key. Oh, so what Gail's talking about here is, so what they did is they let, so I created this thing for SEMA Brew Talks. It already Education, existed, yeah. but what I did is I, you modified I, it. I gamified it. So what I had two screens, one on either side of the audience, but they couldn't be seen by you guys. So I put up a ish. word. I put up, well, ish. You were supposed to look, right? <laughs> they were supposed to be out of sight. And I would put up random words. One was mentor. Yep. And and if you guys, they, you they were words you. that each one of us kind of say a lot that you knew about. That's and right. And so the idea was every time we said whatever word was on the board, and it would go back to the topic at hand, the whole crowd would drink, including us on the panel. Correct. And I was trying to get everyone buzzed. So I had a guy, Patrick, over at the AV board, right? And he was frantically changing words, yeah. chasing you, trying to get the right word up. And so we ended up, people were, were drinking. Did like, you uh, Did you see they stopped giving me beer after three? <laughs> I, I did notice that, yes. Key to my success. People through my whole life have pushed me up, but you got to return the favor. And you got to allow it too. Well, yeah, there's that. Because we can be young and dumb and be like, no, I already know everything. I'm not going to listen to anything that you say, which is a lot of us. I was Fatal one error. of them. Yeah. And when you actually start learning and listening and paying attention, and like I said, slow is fast, and you start listening to what they have to say, you can learn a lot more than you ever can read in a textbook or on the internet or wherever. In my, my experience with uh, mentorship has been interesting. I've had several guys that were generations before me, um, different levels of skill, different capabilities, but I always figured if someone else could do it, I could do it too. And so I would ask all the questions and luckily, and this is just, I don't know how I was blessed with this, but I've had some of the most amazing people around me and the uh, passion can be snuffed out. It can be crushed. But the, if you have, or think a real mentor or someone that fosters the passion and they make you want to do it more, they encourage the things that make you want to do it. They may not understand your ride, but they encourage your ride or whatever direction you want to go. And then they try and, you know, uh, you know, give you as much information as you're willing to take or as much as your sponge will take. And so that's one thing is I, I've really not been in a position other than potentially sometimes with my guys that I work with uh, to help them find those things that they're looking for. But past that, I haven't had much of that opportunity. I'm quite young, I believe. But the many, many of the guys that I've worked with that are from previous generations, it's like I just couldn't soak up enough of it. And I've, I've come to find that I don't always agree with some of their reasoning on things, but I appreciate the, the, you know, the education that they endowed me with, the things that they showed me because it might have taken me months or years to learn those things, but they expedited that. And I think that that's made all the difference in the world as many of them encouraged me to do as much weird stuff and as much strange things and find out as much as I wanted to. And then I think that's made all the difference in my automotive career is that they said, yeah, I think you should, but if you do, I would consider these things. And it's, and everyone has pushed me to try, 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 try. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is actually encouraging the passion as opposed to saying it can't be done. That is, I mean, that is a fire word for me to say, you to say you can't there, that will be the first thing I do, you know? And so, uh, you know, for me, 
mentorship has made such a big impact and it's been so many people it hasn't been one or two but it's been so many people that i thought and also that had so much information so many things to give but one of the craziest things was i think about their where their situation what did they develop where were they at and so i look at things and think oh well where can we go or what's left on it well they must have felt the same way and they found a way to break through and so i'm encouraged like i can't let them win like i have to find mine all the time (laughs) so uh for me It, it's two, it's twofold. Um, I think that in this country today that we don't do enough with vocational education. I think vocational education has been pulled back from the schools. I think our young people suffer from not having a, a vocational type educational uh, person mentoring them in schools. For me, it was Mr. Sprang. And uh, Mr. Spring was my auto shop teacher. And I don't come from a family that's a car family. My mom and dad owned appliances. They had Toyota uh, minivans and Honda Accords and uh, no idea where the generation you know, thing came from where I, I became a car enthusiast, but I was always a car person. I was dragging my dad around to every car show and we would walk away with every free poster and brochure ever. And I had like thousands of pounds of this stuff in my room from years and years. But Mr. Sprang and I were, he, he passed away last year, unfortunately. Um, but he was, he was the person who, who allowed my creative juices to flow, who uh, allowed me to, to love cars, gave me an outlet in a place where I, I didn't have it otherwise, would let me, I remember the first time I went to high school in the early, early 90s, and the first time we had a donation to our auto shop that was a wire feed welder and a plasma cutter. And this is cutting edge technology. What do, what do us jackasses go and do? We weld brake rotors to the doors of donated cars because why not? Let's see what it does. <laughs> we were carving our initials in things. I remember one time we'd get these donated cars, and uh, I remember one time we, there's 20 of us, thought it would be funny. It was an old Pontiac Bonneville, like a 78, late total land yacht, right? And I remember we all got under it, and we're like, do you think we can push it over on itself? So Mr. Spring's inside on, on the phone, and all of a sudden, there's like 20 of us, and we're pushing, we're pushing, we're pushing. The car goes vertical, and thank God none of us got crushed, but we pushed it all the way over. Kaboom! It sounds like a dumpster landed from the sky, right? Mr. Spring comes out, dudes, dudes, what are you doing? And, you know, you would do stupid things like that in auto shop, but you had the outlet and he would, he would mentor you. He would counsel you. He would, he would tell you why you're being dumb and, and redirect those energy into positive things. And we maintained a friendship uh, the rest of my life. And I, and I owe my outlet and my love of automotive, my career in automotive, 20 years to, to him. And the other person who I consider a mentor is the man sitting to my right. And like I mentioned earlier, um, we have a standing lunch or a breakfast every other week when, when our schedules allow. And I've been so blessed to get to know him. He's been to my house. I've been to his house. Um, love this guy right here. To, to be my age, I, my, my friend David Kenny from NHL. Obviously talking about uh, Mr. Gail Banks. Yeah, Gail, yeah. of course. Who we mentioned earlier where the three of us can sit down with Gail and see his excitement at Banks 2.0 on a guy in his late 70s and getting excited about his business. And he goes into his business every single day and works every single day, doesn't take a day off. He's in the gym in the morning. He's working all day. Uh, it, you know, I talk to Gail all He goes the time. to Gold's gym like three it, times a week, this well, guy. What's funny is or <laughs> I'll text Gail, like there'll be something that happens, right? And I'll text Gail, it might be 10 o'clock at night and I get a response. And so I'll be sitting there texting Gail. My wife will go, who are you texting? Like, what's, your Gail? Name? what's your name? <laughs> so I just, just having a guy like, like Gail who, who's in my life and, and to hear his stories, to hear his, his successes, his challenges, his pitfalls, just to hear what happened 
when, uh, when you know, I wasn't around then, right? And, and to understand like how this automotive enthusiasm and, and what we all love to do, how it evolved and why, how we got to today, and it's amazing. I'm, I'm blessed. So, so definitely, I, I'd like to just, everybody has a beer, uh, especially to vocational teachers, just want to lift one up to oh, yeah. all of them and, and take oh. a drink because we don't have enough of that. And, and I hope to God that, uh, that those things change and, and where you get back to teaching kids blue collar skills, especially in automotive. So sure. cheers to that. <laughs> There's a big audience. Well, yeah, it wasn't that big. You may have added a few. Uh, no, no, no. There. It was just big. Oh, yeah. What happens when you put a diesel in a monster truck and you don't have instant manifold air That's the next video playing. <laughs> By the way, I like, um, I, you know, the cool thing about that experience was that I had uh, about five voc ed teachers come up after that and shake my hand and, and say thank you for the, that recognition. And I honestly feel that way. I honestly feel that we don't have enough of that anymore. And, and my fires were stoked by having a auto shop and, and kids don't have that these days. Not like they did when we were, when we were coming in high school and in college. And, and I, I really hope that for the sake of this country, that we get back on track and, and, you know, fund vocational education, because it means so much to, to who we are as, as a, as a country and, and to who we are as people. It produces people like <laughs> I don't think it does, actually. <laughs> I think it does. No, I think it does. Uh, so this is going to be interesting. You and I have had kind of a love-hate relationship with um, well, even the topic of electric cars. And yeah. we have, like it scares us maybe both to think about electric trucks, but this guy's he's doing it whether we like it or not. Yeah, I mean, it's coming. We should talk about it. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, But I will tell you that the Bollinger and the B1... Now, is this Bollinger or Bollinger? We should ask him. Okay. I think it's Bollinger, but let's let's ask him okay. when he comes on. Hard G, soft G. Uh, but here's the deal. I, I think it's sort of, is making this technology interesting to me and maybe friendly. But let's see what Robert has to say because it's his company and clearly he knows what's going on. Yeah, dial him up. All right. It is Robert. Robert Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Robert, we have a question for you. Is it Bollinger with a hard G or Bollinger with a softer G? Bollinger with a softer. Bollinger. Now we know. Okay. Yes. So before we start with our interview, we do this with everyone. Yeah. Well, you important people. We have an intro. We actually have two (laughs) intros for your segment, and you have to tell us which one you like better. Do you like kind of a country thing or more of like a punk rock thing? I uh, think punk rock thing. Oh, punk rock. All right. right. So here's your intro. Man, that hurts my throat. <laughs> All right, Robert, you asked for it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think we should play in the country western one anyway, just so he, he can see what the uh, the two sides of that nope, coin are. Nope, we're going to do it next time because we're going to have Robert on again. That's how great of a guest he's going All to right. be. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> I like it. I like <laughs> it. Good. All right. Robert owns Bollinger Motorsport. Uh, uh, Motors. Bollinger Motors. Yes. Yes. And so Robert, we've been discussing the potential to have electric trucks for quite some time. And you're the man to bring it to us, so, right? Yes. So here's ah. this is where we're at. We're hardcore truck guys, and I've been a truck journalist for 20 years. And I like 
gas and turbos and all that thing. And a couple years ago, when we started seeing uh, some of the press coverage or doing some of the press coverage of the uh, Bollinger B1, I saw it for the first time at the auto show. And I'd seen it in pictures, and I see I, I saw some of the innovations that you put into it, the thought you put into it, the functionality of the vehicle, and I I got intrigued, and and I walked around it maybe for about twenty minutes watching people interact with it, and I got really fascinated, and it I gotta tell you it softened my hard heart for uh, EVs. Oh, cool! And uh, tell our audience a little bit about where you came from and and why this is where it is today. Great. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, the truck thing, the car thing has been a long life, long dream of mine to do something automotive, have a car company, design things for cars, do make a car. So the truck, though, is a recent thing, uh, uh, an adult thing, if you will. When I was a kid, I drew you know, race cars and Ferraris and stuff like that. But when you get older, you're like, I like trucks and I need trucks. And I, you know, living upstate New York and and my whole life was... I was needing trucks. So when I uh, started this whole thing and wanted to do something with electric, I was like, oh, my God, it's the perfect thing for trucks, you know, with instant torque and and all the millions of different benefits to it. So, uh, yeah, they kind of married together all of a sudden one year, a couple of years ago in my in my head. And the team took it to this great level. And uh, it's just it is what it is now. This uh, this cool overall new architecture layout and uh, using the benefits of electric and a lot of other stuff. Now, when you say team, Robert, how does one assemble a team? Like how, what's your background, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, yeah. So I went to school for industrial design. I was, uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be an engineer or a designer. And so there's this thing called industrial design, which I didn't really know about until I looked into it. And so I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, so I, I did that at Carnegie Mellon in, uh, in the eighties. And, uh, so, uh, that's my background was, uh, uh, you know, drawing stuff and designing things like that. And then with the team, the first team member, uh, was Carl Hacken, our chief engineer. And basically I found him on LinkedIn. I just put an ad out there. It was really funny. I should, I should, uh, keep what I wrote. It was just like, <laughs> I'm starting a, a electric car company and I need engineers. Does anyone want to join me kind of thing? So uh, I got a lot of response, actually, and Carl was uh, was this amazing engineer that we applied to it. And so. they didn't think that you were just joking because it's a pretty lofty goal. <laughs> right. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, many days I still don't think I do. So, uh, But it's just a whole learning thing. And, and the whole EV world is so a brand new thing. Like Tesla, I can't believe how much they've been able to do for years now because when you look into all the components and all the stuff behind it it's still extremely young industry there are very few well, and they're doing a lot of things that people, making this stuff yeah they're doing a lot yeah. of things that everyone said they couldn't do which is pretty amazing right. well yeah and even i mean people don't understand the logistics and supply chain and the on uh, on demand for manufacturing all the things that go into right. a modern automobile manufacturing process today um that's an awfully big widget to figure out and and to see these fledgling companies start figuring it out in in a boutique setting but but start to get some i don't know some reach and, and an interest behind mm-hmm. it um it's it's fascinating i think what i was most fascinated about when i was looking at the vehicle the b1 which was uh the first vehicle and you guys of course have announced that you're working on the b2 which is the crew cab pickup truck version um was just the innovation and the new way of thinking on your packaging and functionality but not taking away from what people expect in a four-wheel drive sport utility vehicle. 
Right, right. The biggest thing about the exterior and the look of it was we wanted to make it by hand ourselves. And so that's where the flat panels and the squared off look of it really came from. And a similar reason why the Land Rover looked the way it did. So there's, you know, a lot of, you know, similarities in feel to ours to a, a number of uh, old time uh, design there, which I love. That's my favorite Sure, thing. like Land Rover, early Bronco, right. Scout. Broncos, yeah. yeah, definitely right. some some vibe, but but in a in a real modern and simplistic way. But um, also, was that was things. that a way of? Because I mean, to to make those stamp steel parts are millions of dollars for the for the right for the machinery, right? The tooling, right. yeah, yeah. Everything, every part of automotive is both extremely expensive and very long time consuming process. So, anything you can do to shave off millions and shave off years and months is always our the way we go is always the answer so yeah we were able to just uh bend those sheets and and cut them out and stick them on and you know it's it's a little bit more complicated than that but it was something we can do in a day instead of waiting months to get those pieces so where is square one for you is it a business plan is it a blank whiteboard the size of toledo i mean where how do you start a project this big yeah, it was. It started really just with uh, basically four of us: uh, me, Carl, and CJ came on, and John came on, and so we were in a small little building in upstate New York and uh, researching a ton of things. And basically, the truck idea was a like just a sudden aha moment for me. And it really came a lot of times. You hit these walls where you think, "Oh my God, we have to stop because nothing's making sense, or this is way too expensive, or whatever." And that always makes you go, "Wait, we have to do it a different way." Then, and the truck kind of came out of that because I was like, "I don't want to make a sedan. I don't want to make a little roadster. I don't want to make a little this or little that, uh, or race car or anything like that." So I was like, "I want a truck," and that's so huge to do. But we're like, "Well, let's just design it and build it because we have all these cool features to it that." we can incorporate. Let's just make it and go from there. So really it was like just one step then the next step. And then you learn, just keep going, no matter what, just keep going is really the answer, I guess. What, <laughs> just, I, what just I love about it is I think that when, uh, when you look at a lot of these EV upstarts, you're right. Everybody starts with a roadster or a sedan or a sports car or a race car, but nobody's really starting unless, you know, there's been a couple aftermarket upfitters for electric vehicles, um, that have kind of peaked in the industry and, and been out there, but nobody has really done a truck or SUV from scratch in the way that you've done it. And I think there's a friendliness and an approachability to the design of the B1 that makes people curious. And it doesn't feel like it's out of reach in terms of, of price, or it's not something that would appeal to me because it doesn't fit my lifestyle. It almost makes EVs more approachable. And, and that's what I liked about it. It's almost like this, this friendly new, you know, this friendly face on new technology that people are maybe afraid of and don't understand what it is. But when you, when you look at the vehicle and you look at what it offers, dual motors, 520 horsepower. It's friendly like Legos. Exactly. No, absolutely. <laughs> 514 uh, pound-feet of torque, 0 to 60 in 6.5 seconds, 33s. Wait, wait, say that again. How fast? 6.5, 0 to 60. Wow. No, it's fast. No, it's, it's a big fi- It's a big vehicle yeah. to go 15 that fast. 15 inches of ground clearance, 10 inches of wheel travel, 5,200-pound capacity, 7,500-pound towing. I mean, it's, it's a real truck, a real SUV in terms of capability. Um, it's got geared hubs on it. It's got big brakes. It's got, you know, all the things that you'd want, but then it's this friendly electric that's, it's a 4,800 pound curb weight. Um, it's pretty balanced front to rear on the, on the SUV version, 45, 55. 
and it's it's the dimensions are kind of what you'd expect for a vehicle, except I think it's wider. And there's the, the interior, the way it's done, because it's so slab sided and open. It's very roomy and airy. And in fact, Robert, one of the things I love- Is it like a clown car where it's just no. giant inside? <laughs> well, I no, mean- or, or is it like uh, Doctor Who's uh, <laughs> telephone? <laughs> yes. Booth, where- yes, it's more like Doctor Who's telephone booth. No. Right. Uh, the TARDIS. One of the best, yes. One of the best features, though, is the pass-through. There is- Ah, thanks, yeah. that, I love that. That's just, it's, it's ingenious. Talk to our guys about that a little bit. Yeah, so the pass-through, it's, a, it's basically a, a hole through the dashboard right down the middle, um, and it connects the front to the passenger room to the back. And so uh, on the SUV, the on the, uh, the four-door that we have, you can fit 13-foot boards internally with the tailgates closed. Excuse it, me? It what? A, Did you say 13-foot yeah, boards? 13, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from front there, are to trucks, with, there are trucks that can't fit a five-foot board in the, a bed. This takes the uh, GM exactly. mid-gate to a whole new level because there's no <laughs> engine in the front. You don't have a firewall, right? Right. And so the right. firewall is open. So it's sort of like a, a fit gate. A what? Yeah, gate? A fit gate? A fit gate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had uh, pickup trucks uh, most of my life and with this full eight-foot bed. And even with the tailgate down, you can still carry maybe 14, 15, 16-foot boards, however you know, venturous you are with them hanging down to the ground. So it holds longer boards than a full-length you know, full bed pickup truck. And then on our pickup truck that we showed renderings for, that holds 16 feet within the tailgate's closed and, of course, longer with the back one down. So, um, and we have a front tailgate I guess we're calling a funk gate. So it's like the front and back are mirrors of each other almost. So I just love the whole like Tonka toy, like you said, um, almost Lincoln log kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, Lego, Lego, Lego. The whole yeah. Truck. You can do whatever you want with it. You so can literally and, see through the middle of it. Like we're, imagine where maybe a transmission tunnel would be on a traditional truck. Right. It's a big open space. I'm waiting for the first idiot to do a jackass uh, YouTube video. And jump through it. it. Jump through it while it's driving <laughs> or something like that. Right. So, Robert, when you're laying down the plans to, you know, you, you've got the transmission or you've got all the, the various parts, you know, the braking system, et cetera, how are you deciding? Because you've got to, kind of the world's at, at your oyster, right? You can you could go Willwood, Brembo. You can. How do you decide what parts to use on well, your brand new vehicle? Yeah, well, that's what the engineering team is all about. They go, they have a million ways to figure all that kind of stuff out. But they, in addition to it having to meet our specs, because it's a it's a big truck, it's a class three truck, so it's it's we're engineering it to a ten thousand and one GVWR. So there aren't that many components out there that can that can handle that. And out of those that do, then it's about, you know, does it meet our specs? Is it made in the USA, which is one of our top priorities? And then what's the pricing? So we're not afraid. That's that's we're still working on the final pricing of the truck because we're we're saying let's get it made in the U.S. with U.S. components. And, and that's tough these days. That's right. Very right. Tough. Especially when yeah. the, the automotive supply chain in the U.S. is global. I mean, you look at, you know, yeah. companies like AEV where they're known for made-in-the-USA components, but their wheels are made overseas because literally that tooling does not exist in the United States unless you're going right. to do a forge or billet wheel. Like or- something as simple as half shafts. Our half shafts are really expensive because they're made in the U.S. Half shafts, you can get them from China like pretty much dirt cheap. So there's certain things that like battery cells, almost all battery cells are made in China at this point. But we're hoping to find someone to help us make cells in the U.S. There are people with 
brand new technology, the next cutting edge technology for batteries that we're looking at, which might be in future B1s. But right now, if we have to use battery cells from China, it's because that's the only place they come from. But all other components, we are sourcing in the U.S. as much as possible. Like, you know, we're hoping it to be like, you know, 95 percent, 100 percent U.S. And those it'll just add to the price. But we're going down that path first to see what it ends up at price-wise and then go from there. So Robert, where does the company stand on like the green nature of it all? And by that, I mean like we've had the discussion here, guys who are like don't want, who, who are against the electric movement, right? One mm-hmm. of the things we hear about is what about all the pollution being created by the companies that make the lithium ion batteries or or whatever or where depending on where you are in the country where, where does your you electricity are. come from is it a, a coal plant is it hydroelectric is it wind and then and, and then things? all the rare earth minerals need you know mined to make these batteries and then the batteries what the, what's the half life how do you do, yeah. do, uh, do recycle they, do you recycle and them and we've we've heard that it's either Toyota or or uh, or Honda has a million square foot building somewhere in the south that they just house all the batteries cuz the used batteries cuz they they can't bury them What's your take on all that? Well, there's uh, two different things. One is just the electricity that's used. Like first, electricity to run an electric vehicle is half the cost of using gas. Even when gas is like below three dollars a gallon, your your EV expense is still much less. So, electric is cheaper to run. Also, many states have like 50% of their electricity is being done by renewables now. So it depends on where you're getting your electricity from, of course. Gotcha. But more and more of that is becoming renewable and cleaner. And then with batteries, uh, they're finding new sources. A whole big part of making lithium-ion batteries is is the dirtiness of it because when you process all that kind of stuff. So now they're finding a way to mine the actual minerals needed in a cleaner way so you're not having to do that cleanup job as much so they are finding ways to make the batteries cleaner as they do them but it, it is an issue the rare earth metals is a, a more about the motors and so if you use motors that don't use them they, there's there's definitely motors out there that don't use rare earth metals like that anymore gotcha so the whole business is cleaning up as it goes but it's mostly about the batteries that's true and then all of people all battery manufacturers have a secondary plan for those batteries so whenever they come out of a vehicle they almost always go into stationary ev you know i mean stationary electric use where they hold you know solar and wind power so interesting i I, I thought when the battery is dead it's dead yeah it's like well for evs it's 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 up and down, up and down, up and down. When you get past that life cycle where it's below 80%, I think, viable, but it's still still 60, holds electricity, viable. but not great right. for driving and that kind of power exactly. generation or storage. Yeah, then it sits somewhere at, at a more stationary kind of not so much discharging and charging state. So a battery and it has a second life. Got it. So a battery in yours is like, is that a more more like a deep cycle battery or the opposite of a deep cycle battery? Well, they're finding now. I know, with, well, especially with Tesla, because now they have billions of miles um, of data on their on their vehicles, and same with Nissan with their Leaf and everyone. They're all taking constant data from um, the usage. They found that no, almost no matter how you use the batteries, it doesn't hurt them that much. They were afraid with like the superchargers, people would run it all the way down and supercharge it really fast all the way up. Right, they have a battery own. memory like old Nike ads or whatever, right? Right, but they're not. It's not that bad with lithium ion. It's very. Uh, you know, more fluid, if do, you will. Do the manufacturers so. such as the Teslas and Nissans and, and those companies, Toyota, 
do they, is there a battery consortium or something where they share or you can get tap into that data for your projects or is it you have to know somebody on the inside who's willing to share with you or how does that work? Yeah, I think, I think Tesla keeps all of their data very close. Um, the, the biggest part, they, they opened up a lot of their patents. Yeah, open source a lot a of the patents. A while ago. Sure. Yeah. But I think the way, especially around their battery, they maybe didn't so much. I might be wrong with that. But I believe how they weld onto their batteries and how and the data they get from that, I think they hold very close to their to the heart there. Um, I know uh, if you were to, once you start working with the provider of a battery, they'll share all that with you. Because you're you're going to be sending them a PO so on and the using suppl- their batteries and the supplier side. That's that's where you can kind of tap into that. Is is right. So so, so Panasonic, to- Samsung, all those big companies that make the batteries. Once you're working with them, they share all that kind of data with you and and how you what how it's gonna what it's gonna mean for your vehicle and your drive cycle. It's a lot of work. It's not just like oh here's the battery. Right. It has to be uh, at a certain you know you put them together in a certain amount. It's almost Certain, like a tuning. It's the tuning of a yeah. of a gasoline or internal combustion engine. You have to tune your controller and your battery and your electronics to basically be a match for the vehicle. Right, a, a match for your motors, yeah. your inverters, uh, how many you put in parallel, how many you put in series. It's it's very quite complicated, but that's what the engineers are for. <laughs> On the website, you have listed as a two hundred mile range for the B one. Is that is that the range you're aiming for? Can when they hit production, will it be that range, or is that the range that you have to hit because then you don't have you know anxiety for range and things like that? Especially on a truck where you might go off road. Is that the magic number right. where you're seeing acceptance from people swapping over from internal combustion engines? We kind of saw the 200 as that number where people don't instantly get worried about it. Like okay. the average person drives 39 miles a day i think it is so 200 is far higher than the average but definitely from the vehicles that have been out there that have been at 80 90 110 you still hear a lot of like oh i'm not so sure all that kind of stuff but once around 200 i feel that we it seems that people are a little bit more secure with that so we were going with that because we know that for most people, you're gonna it's gonna be fine to have that range, like more way more than fine. I own a Chevy Bolt, uh, besides my Chevy diesel <laughs> truck, and so the two together kind of you know average me out there a little. There you bit. go. But, um, so the Bolt, we just charge it on the 110 plug. We barely run it down that much at all, and that has you know 160 miles to it or 200 miles to it. I'm not, not even sure, but you don't even think about it after a while. If you don't own an EV, you really worry about the miles. Once you own an EV, you realize it's not that big a deal. So it's really interesting. Short yeah. So you you brought up the Bolt, which is the electric only, but we just got word, of course, recently that the Volt, which is you know the, the hybrid. hybrid is going away how does yeah. that make you feel that they couldn't make it profitable or do you think yeah, it's it the our, evolution of electro electrics pure electrics taking over from the hybrids right right right. well chevy did a great job working with lg chem to develop the chevy bolt with a b and so that's a really well done vehicle and so um i think that hopefully they concentrate a little bit better on selling those because this is where the whole EV market unto itself, where it's Tesla and us, and you know, once we start selling one day, where you're fully electric and you're all about it, you know all about it. It's it's study after study has shown that when a company like GM or Ford has an electric vehicle, they just don't know how to sell it. 
Well, they're doing this. Don't even know what to talk about it. So it's like they don't even know what to do with them. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, Robert, the Bolt out here is marketed so freaking poorly. Very poorly. I was going after Chevy when I was working at a radio station here, and my name is Lightning on the air, so it would only make sense for Lightning to have a Bolt, (laughs) right? Right. And I and I and I thought I'm going to take it. See, dude, I wrote the whole proposal. I said I'll even buy it at a discount. You even have to give it to me. It doesn't have to be a dollar car, which you've heard about. And the, I just couldn't get any attention at all. No one knew about the marketing plan. The folks here in Southern California didn't know what GM corporate was thinking and how they were yeah. going to market. I'm like, you guys have a vehicle on the market today and you're confused about it. And I thought, is this thing just an excuse so you can sell more trucks in upstate New York? Or in, right. in, in you know, because what's... What's the, it's the ratio, a certain number well, it's of... Ca- it's cafe, cafe standard and, and, yeah. You got to sell a certain number of uh, uh, well, electric vehicles to make that, the government It's, it's not that simple, but, but essentially you need your product portfolio needs to average out to a certain point. But right. even when the Volt came out, they were poor at marketing it. There was questions as to whether it was a true hybrid or not because um, the, right. the uh, ICE engine wasn't completely separate from the drivetrain and it could actually help the electric motor power things and so it, that was confusing like they have this amazing technology and did such a piss poor job of explaining it that you know people just think oh it's the same as my uh, Camry hybrid or my Cord hybrid when the Volt is actually a lot more complicated than that especially the second generation there are guys on YouTube that I follow that are supercar reviewers you know they review uh, Pagani's and 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 Ferraris and whatnot and they love the they love the Volt they're like this is the mm. best EV uh, you know, they like it in many cases above the Tesla, and yet it's gone. Yeah, or it will yeah, be gone crazy. soon. So let's go back to uh, the B1. When are you expecting to start production? And then how can people find one if, if they're interested in picking one up? Well, our magic uh, target date is 2020, early 2020, which is not that far away. So it's we got a lot to do. So 2019 is going to be a, 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 a sleepless year for us. But A lot of Red Bull. Uh, <laughs> a lot yeah. of Red Bull. <laughs> So uh, 2020, and right now you can, on our website, you can reserve one. We have over 25,000 reservations for it. I'm sorry, how many? What? 25,000. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And it's, that's zero down. I always, I always sure. put a caveat on it. It's zero money down, and we don't have a price point out yet. And all that Still kind of stuff. a lot but of interest, is, though. Yeah. I know. It's a big hand-raising, so we've loved it. Right since the reveal that we did it last year, July 27th of last year, we had you know 4,000 reservations within 24 hours kind of thing. So – um, now, did so, you do did you do like any kind of like um, a promotion where you can give a thousand dollars and get a T-shirt or whatever? Like, you could have raised <laughs> like a Kickstarter. You could have yeah. so raised a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a lot of those in the in the works now to start <laughs> right up the, the beginning of the first year. Got so it. We have okay. the merch. We have the merch now to uh, back that. Up. Where can they go to find out more about the vehicle? Uh, yeah, just go to BollingerMotors.com and it's all right there. Our pickup truck uh, renderings are up there first, but then uh, the four-door, you can look down there, all the videos, all the real testing we've done on the two-door B1 prototype that's fully operational. It's a great and, uh, site. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Oh, um, how long after the B1 launches are you anticipating the B2 coming to market? Well, we're uh, hoping to build those side by side. So when we do have a price point and when you do actually give us like money down, you'll pick either the B1 or the B2. Got it. Okay. What's the goal? Yeah. What's the output goal? Uh, at least 
to output. <laughs> that's really the That's a fair I answer. I love the honesty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's fantastic. And then we'll go, it's going to be micro small and then we grow from there. Do yeah, you have a, a dealer network? Will they go to a traditional car dealership or do you have a Bollinger only dealerships that you're working on setting up throughout the country or will it only be in New York and LA to start or something like that? No, you order it online and there's a concierge to drive it yeah, to your a- house. A- Amazon drives exactly. it and drops in your garage. Exactly. Uh, garage for you. You just, yeah, just ask Alexa or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like device. a B one, please. It'll come, it'll come to you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be direct to consumer at first, and then uh, we're talking to third party uh, providers of service. So okay. you might buy from us, but then get it serviced with a network. Fantastic! Wow. Well, thanks for sharing all this with us, Robert. Really appreciate it, and we're really yeah. We, I mean, we only uh, scratched the surface, so we we've got to have you back on because I feel like this is a baby step into this topic, and and you are a great first partner to kind of do the dance, and and we're either going to get a lot of people saying I had no idea or a ton of hate mail, one or the other. But I, I feel like <laughs> this is a good way of introducing our audience to sort of the future technologies and things that are coming, and we'd love to have you back at some point. Great. Thanks so much. I, I love strong responses, whatever they are. It just means someone's uh, someone cares, right? So, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm not afraid of, of either end there. So no, You don't yep, want lukewarm. You want love or right. hate, no, either no. way. And, exactly. and I heard you might be back in L.A. in a few months with a with a prototype. Hopefully, uh, when you are, we can uh, get it. Yeah, we can get a chance to hook up with you and maybe see it in person. Oh, that'd be great. Thanks so much. I yeah. Appreciate it. And we've got another intro to play for you next time. So yeah. you have to come <laughs> okay. back now. You have to come back. <laughs> All right, cool. Robert, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Thanks have a good one. Thank Talk you. Soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, like I said, uh, I've never been the uh, hard... I- I'm an early adopter. I love new technology. Don't know that I love ele- you know, electric vehicles for what I do. My buddy just bought the Tesla, the small one. Yeah, the three. And uh, the three. Uh-huh. I. It was fun when he hit... Well, the th- it's not a throttle, the accelerator. Yes. And that was it. And after that, it was the fun was over. Now it's just I'm sitting in a silent pod. Yeah, and it's weird that there's, they're very stark oh, the on the stereo, inside. The stereo was nice. Okay. They did do a nice job, though. He was complaining about he had some, a lot of problems with his navigation. And yeah. I thought, really, of all the things yeah, to right? have issues with a <laughs> nav? Yeah, like, that, hasn't it, it been around for a while? Maybe that's just isolated to him. I, look, look. I was at Sandsport Super Show yep. a couple months back, and they had um, electric UTVs. Yep. And they were seemed to be popular, but the, the, that company was kind of doing a proof of concept, yeah. and their goal was to make big rigs electric. Right, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's uh, Nikola, and there's a few others. That, that was it? Gonna, yeah. It was Nikola. Yep. Okay, and then- Here, Here's what I worry about. Um, I, 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 I love a V8, right? I love the, the whale of a V8. I love the way an internal combustion engine works. I'm an early adopter for technology, not so much by electric cars, because I think the bottom line is um, I'm worried that some kid's going to try and pick up my daughter in the middle of the night when she's in high school, and he's going to come in his damn <laughs> gonna be silent. silent SUV, and he's going to sneak up on my house like a puma, and I'm not going to be able to, to defend it. What I'm worried about is the range anxiety. Yeah. I have gas range anxiety, yeah. and I've been driving the same car forever, and I know it's going to well, run. He makes a good point. And if you plug in every night, right, you're just topping it off. The problem is, is if you go if on you an forget? adventure. Yeah, but if you go, like, the trip that you and I took out to the Mojave Desert in the ZR2. Right. Like, I would want to go do that in a B1. Sure. We, we wouldn't have been able to do that whole trip because it was over 200 miles for that day. Yeah. So that, that kind of stuff is- like, If you forget to plug in- You might okay, be screwed. You are not getting to work that day. Right. 
And no, if, if, you, if, wait, that's not that's not true. You put gasoline in a generator, a generator in your trunk, and then you plug it into that way. <laughs> no, it still takes a while. But like right now, if I if I wake up and I turn on the ignition in the morning and I'm late yeah. for work, I go. Crap! I've got it's 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 all, it's been on yeah. E for two days. Yeah. At least I can limp to the gas station. You hope, oh, I, I unless mean, you're I, like me who tries to see how far on E I can get it. Yeah, you're That's part of the, whole other the zero thing. club. I I have uh, absolutely. I'm at, <laughs> never run out. Yeah, I'm part of the one club. Oh really? <laughs> yes. You haven't been on the zero miles to empty or no, zero no, no, miles no. to? I've been with one mile to empty. Where we were chugging into a gas station, but it didn't die on me. Oh, just in fumes. Yeah. I, at the magazines, I have a, a reputation of being the guy that will go as far as I can with the light on, like that Seinfeld episode where Kramer is driving the Saab and it's on E and they're seeing now, how, that's me. We found out though that the new Chevys they are, don't tell you are now linear, they, yeah. and when they're when they say E, they're, they're on e. e. Well, and and those and uh, a lot of the FCA products they just say low fuel. It goes distance to empty fifty. Then it's like 40, then it's like 25, and then it's like low. And I'm like, no! Well, that's lame. I need to know how many miles I have. That's why you need a Banks i 1.8 because it says exactly the percentage of fuel in your tank. Nice plug. I know, right? Uh, See I how actually, I did that? I actually have that on my, my Alpine head unit uh, for my Jeep. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. it's OBD2? It's OBD2, so I can plug in, set the- uh, Well, look so, at Alpine. Yeah, look at that. So that I can actually see what my real distance to empty is, not what the stupid uh, dash says on it. Got so. it. All right, well, so that's enough electric talk for right now, and uh, we'll definitely revisit this. Yeah, yeah. That's this pretty just, interesting. This is a waiting of the waters. You know, I, what I was fascinated about, and I, 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 it's not the business podcast, but what the what? Do you know what kind of money it takes to start an automotive company? He, he kept saying my team. Yeah. Right, he kept saying my team. Look and at his like, website. He has a beautiful website. I and get a, it. There's a lot of people. There's there's PR people. There's the whole thing. Him. There's a lot of salaries there, dude. <laughs> okay, there's no one on his team making less than six figures. Where did that come from? He hasn't taken investment money. I don't know. So he's been really successful. I don't know. I. You know what this is? Me being jealous. How would I know? I, I'm on a stupid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> With me. With Even you. worse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, is that it? Are we done? I feel I feel spent. Like we, we did a lot of good in this show. No, we're not done. We're not? No. Oh, you have truck news. <laughs> truck news. Oh, my God. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Uh! Oh, does that feel good? It always feels good. All right. Always feels good. Hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. That's what she said. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, how about that uh, that emailer who uh, was saying that we make drops too often? Um, Don't care. I'd, no. No, I don't think we do it uh, that often. No, I mean, I try to do it sparingly. We're just having fun. Hey, did you... Uh, you see what? Hey Ben, we can hear you eating that. Ben, we can hear the the gummy bear bag. He's trying to hide it underneath the uh, table so it can't it's be like, heard. It's, it's like it's like my we, cookie we from last hear week. That. <laughs> I was trying to be discreet. It, it, it didn't table. work, my friend. I moved away from the microphone. Yeah, it wasn't enough. Hey, Ben's in a studio. Yeah, he comes from AEV. Yeah, and um, Jeep just stole his truck. Explain, Ben. Step up. Uh, stole our truck. What exactly are you trying to say? He's well, not going to tell you. I'm, I'm, He's not going to talk I, I, about I, it. Let me let me paraphrase. <laughs> uh, uh, there was a post by Matt Felderman, our marketing guy, probably a week ago yeah, when, the Gladi- when the Gladiator came out. Yeah, he made a visual um, representation. I think he was saying it sort of looked like a mm, brute. Yeah, 
something like that. Something about uh, five years been building the Brute, and it looks exactly the same. So basically, uh, AV built the pickup truck that Jeep refused to build, and then Jeep built the pickup truck that should have followed AV's truck, or something like that. Uh, yeah, something like that. And how do you feel about it? I think it'll be great for the Jeep market because we built a handful of them every year, and now Jeep's going to build, they say, 40000 a year. I bet that's low. Right. Mm. So uh, from a business standpoint for AEV, I think that they would look at it as we have the opportunity to build a few hundred a year, and it costs us lots and lots of man hours, and they were very expensive. And now we have the opportunity to upfit or yes. outfit Thousands. potentially, potentially 40,000 vehicles a year. Yeah. Now, obviously, we're not going to outfit every one of them, but that's the that's the potential. That's definitely uh, making lemonade out of lemons. Hey, so uh, I know last week we talked that the uh, press release was leaked. Yeah, and uh, just so you guys know, this week is the LA Auto Show, and we'll uh, we'll have interviews from the LA Auto Show on the next episode. But the official numbers came out, so it either gets the uh, V6 Pentastar, the 3.6, 285 horsepower, 260 torque, mm-hmm. or the three liter Eco Diesel, which has been upgraded. Now two sixty four forty two. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, it's a thirty one inch stretch over a four door uh, unlimited. Okay. Nineteen point four inch longer wheelbase, which is uh, about one hundred thirty seven inches. So that's getting pretty long. Thirty threes on the Rubicon. Oh, but under the bed, it's got a five foot bed, steel. Okay, will fit a thirty five inch tire. So if you uh, upgrade to thirty fives, you can fit your spare under the bed, which is kind of cool. Okay. If you want 37s or bigger, I mean, Ben's not going to tell us, but I'm going to tell you that at some point, AEV's going to have a solution for that. Just saying. Ben? I feel like you might be right on that, but uh, I'm not you can't sure. Say. <laughs> I, I, I can't say. If I did say, I couldn't say. Right. Right. Okay. So I'll say. There's a lot of not saying here. Oh, you are saying. You are saying. <laughs> it's uh, an A-say. Got it's it. going to have the best payload and uh, towing of any midsize 4x4, so 1,600 pounds of payload. Which is awesome for the overlanding crowd and for people who want to build a 10,000-pound Jeep pickup truck with all their big old axles and armor and stuff. Uh, 7,650 pounds worth of towing capability. Hmm. And uh, 30 inches of water fording. Uh, It's a convertible. Doors come off. Uh, Get a soft top, hard top. A bunch of different configurations. You get it in a Sahara. You can get it in a Rubicon. Uh, or Overland, I guess is what they're calling it. It's uh, a lot of options cool. there. Seems so familiar. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> kind of like a brute. Come <laughs> off like kind of like a brute. Oh, yeah, we made those. Yeah, yeah, kind of like really similar. Yeah, uh, yeah. interesting. <laughs> now, hey, I heard a vicious rumor that a certain company that's building yeah a certain vehicle that looked like an older niche vehicle that was mm-hmm. built by a boutique company mm-hmm. may have bought that la- that last one from that company before they made their own. Excuse me. Excuse so, me. So what what Interesting. So Jeep bought your final- I didn't say that. V- I did. Okay. So Jeep bought your last one? I have no idea. Hmm, interesting. I'm just saying I do rumors. not know. I'm just saying rumors. He's really? just making words. I'm just saying that they that's were called, familiar. That's called content. Just saying they were familiar. I think that your that vehicle. podcast uh, friend Steve Sanders at Cummins would noteworthy want you to make the comparison <laughs> also of the diesel engine versus the R28. Because aren't they very close in torque and horsepower? They, uh, they, they are. The V6 has a little more horsepower, but, uh, but yeah, the little R28 is pretty badass. Very comfortable uh, similarities here. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so going from uh, diesel pickup trucks or Jeep pickup trucks or Jeep trucks mm-hmm. or whatever, um, going to Toyota pickup trucks. So Toyota delivered 
a brand new truck to our friend who was the nurse up in uh, Northern California Mr. who Pandra. rescued a bunch of people. Yes. Mr. what? Mr. Pandra. The Pandra. Mr. Pandra. The, pan- the marshmallow the truck. The marshmallow truck. So, Amazing story. It, what's interesting is Toyota gave him the new truck as they said they would to replace his old one. He's got uh, pictures on his uh, social media. We talked about this last time. What did they give him? Uh, it's it's very similar. It looks like almost an identical truck. Okay. A, they, they could have upgraded him. Well, well I think they, they, I think it was. They gave him the upgrade. He, yeah. he had the opportunity to get a TRD or TRD Pro. Oh. Because his truck was just a TRD, and he said he chose the TRD Pro. So it's the, I assume, the everything and anything Toyota Tundra. But what's yeah. interesting is Rockstar Garage has stepped up, and they're going to outfit it for him. Oh, of course. And wow. then BJ Baldwin got on his Instagram and said, what can I do for you? And then it's like, wait, so Rockstar and Monster People are fighting to help this guy out. Interesting. Cool. So once yeah, again, he's Mr. Monster. I have reached out to him to see if he'll come on the podcast, and I haven't heard back yet. You're not going We'd to. We'd love to hear a story. You're just, we're not going to. So It took us nine months to get Ronnie from, <laughs> C- from C10, C10 Talk. Talk. Yeah. Did, well, you, yeah. did you also see that Toyota is going to take the marshmallowed truck to their museum and or display for a while? Oh. But the insurance company wants to total it. Right. And he's okay with that. But Toyota wants to take it to the museum and use it for advertising, marketing, well, and stuff like that. So he's saying that he's speculating that Toyota will- Buy it out of insurance? Yeah. The yeah. insurance will total it. And then Toyota salvage. will say, here, what's it's going to take to buy it. Yeah. They'll buy it and take it out. Now, again, that's speculation. I that's hope not, the insurance company does the right thing and realizes how important this truck has become to the truck and off-road community and doesn't, I, I agree. doesn't do the wrong thing like insurance companies are known to do sometimes. Yeah. So if you didn't hear the story, I mean, and probably some people might not have heard the story. So in the Northern California fires, actually, no, not Northern California, kind yeah. of Central California, well, right? Yeah, north of us. And um, this guy saved a bunch of lives by taking them to safety using his Toyota truck. But went back for more. Went back right. for more. And so his tires were melting. The uh, The white truck looks like a marshmallow because it was burnt. Uh, the doors are completely like brown. There's holes in them. Yeah. And the paint is brown. And right. the, the bumpers are melting and the headlights are melting, but the truck made it through and rescued uh, and, and save people. And then he lives. was on his Instagram and made a comment yeah. like, hey, Toyota, here's a real life story about yeah. me saving people. And they're like, oh, well, let's just give you a new one. Yeah. So uh, that's at the underscore Pandra, P A N D R A, if you want to follow him on Instagram. Cool story. Cool truck. It'll be interesting to see uh, if it shows up at SEMA. And uh, if it's and if it's rock starred or monster, yeah, out. right. There's going to be a uh, energy drink battle, and then uh, NOS is going to come in and like fight off everybody else or something. Yeah. No. No. Okay. At the LA Auto Show this week is the uh, the Rivian R1T concept. This is the, the electric, other electric, the other. Track. So we didn't bring this up out of out of uh, you know uh, courtesy, courtesy. To, thank to you. Mr. I was going to say kindness would have yeah, been yeah, kindness, right? Courtesy. courtesy. Uh, so Bollinger and yep. and this is head to head and I wonder it looks if, like a it looks this one looks like a Ridgeline yeah it does I wonder if Bollinger he Which must is not a truck Robert had to have known that this oh absolutely rather uh, truck was being developed yeah well I figured we have to have him back on so so apparently in the in the uh, all electric vehicle space there's gonna be truck wars. So yeah. we'll have to see. So this thing's interesting. Like, and which one teams up with Monster and which one teams up yeah, with Rockstar? Rockstar. <laughs> uh, well, this one actually has, uh, unlike some of the other uh, Honda Ridgelines of the world, mm-hmm. uh, this not one- Not a truck. Li- not a truck. Not a truck. This one has, a th- the company claims, because it's still a concept, a theoretical payload capacity of 1,764 pounds mm-hmm. and a tow rating of more than 11,000 pounds. That's less than a decked system. I'm not feeling good about that. <laughs> you said that very similar. You said theoretically, yes. much like you say allegedly. Yes. I make a comparison. How many? This actually Holman, has theoretically in it, though. Holman, yes. you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. Sure. How many concept vehicles have you seen actually make it to market? 
not as many as there are concept vehicles. I would say probably, I don't know, if it's from an OE, mm-hmm. maybe 50-50. If it's from a boutique niche company, the industry is littered with them, and it might be 5% okay. of something that actually makes production or, or a limited run of something before I mean, they run out of money. Typically, though, it's supercars, things like that, right? Yeah, it could uh, that, be, or hybrid. I've seen hybrids. I've seen supercars. I've seen uh, pickup trucks that had uh, electric drivetrain added after the fact with the gas stuff pulled. Um, I've seen all sorts of just, I've seen big rigs that never made it. I've seen, like, there's a lot of vaporware out there. There's a lot of great ideas that go nowhere. Um, and there's a lot of money that has been poured into the next greatest thing in automotive because there's so much money to be made. However, the amount of money you need to have to make money is tremendous. Yeah, I invested in a, uh, and it wasn't a Kickstarter. I don't recall what it was, but it was a, oh, what was the name of the company? So it was a motorcycle that used uh, gyros to keep it up upright. Oh, yeah. And you would sit in it, kind of like you would sit back in a, uh, not a trike, but like you actually sat, had a single seat, and there was a, uh, a passenger behind you. Yeah. And that's uh, the one that had like the safety cage, right? Around it? Uh, it does have a safety cage around yeah. you. And it, but when you stopped at a red light, it stayed it upright. Stayed upright, right. And they couldn't get it to market. And I eventually got my, I don't know how much I gave them, a thousand bucks or something. And I got it back. I'm like, I wanted the combination. They gave it back? They gave it back. They had to give it back. They held it in an escrow account. And I was like, hey, I couldn't wait any longer. And I, I, no joke, dude, three years I think they had my money. And I go, okay, at this point, and what really, and I started calling the marketing guy. And I said, he kept, the marketing guy there kept writing stories about, um, where the CEO would make appearances. Oh, the CEO is at this this show or that show or speaking at this college. I go, dude, I don't want to hear about the freaking CEO and what he's doing. I want to know what's happening with the electronics. Is it, do you have a working prototype yet? Blah, blah, blah. And there was only, they only produced one and never make it, made it to market. And I'm like, give me my money back, dude. The, uh, the uh, what do they say? The road to gold is littered with stories like that or, yeah. or something like that. The highway to- It's uh, paved. No, it's paved. paved with- Good intentions. I'm trying to go off that, right? I, don't, I think we're the road to hell. The road to heaven is paved with good- No, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Is that what it is? I don't know. Something like that. I, don't, so I, don't, I think we're way the off. The road to gold is paved with crappy ideas that right. died along the way. I don't know. <laughs> Carcasses of old ideas. Um, I'm kind of hesitant to bring up the final thing because uh, we kind of talked about it and I don't know that we really want to have a horse in this race, but I feel like we'd be remiss to our audience if we didn't at least bring it up. So uh, I'm going to take a flyer you're on talking this one about, You're talking about Sinister, aren't you? I, I am. Okay, I so am. we've got to have to tell a lot of our listeners who aren't diesel fans. Won't know. They won't but the know. D- everybody who is a diesel fan absolutely knows. I don't know that it's that it's big. Is it that pretty, big? It's pretty big. How did it get so big so fast? Social media. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're not taking sides in this deal. I, I, I don't have a horse in this race, and, and I don't want – I just want to report the news to you. And so a company who makes diesel performance uh, aftermarket parts uh, was trying to trademark or did trademark – company is called Sinister. Yep. Uh, blue. Their color's blue. Yeah. Not just their blue. They have a very unique color blue. It's a very pretty blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but they Would just, you call it azure? I don't know. I don't know. They have a name for it. It's metallic to it. It's got, you know, it's a little pearl maybe in it. Typically, everything they make is uh, most, it's what's anodized blue, right? So it's got that aluminum showing through it. So it's really, it's it's, blue. Yeah. So anyway, they were trying to, as part of their brand uh, identity, trademark diesel performance parts that are blue. And they may have, like, I can, I don't want to take sides here. They may have sent a cease and desist to some other companies who had made diesel performance parts also blue. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily their blue. But just blue. But blue. Right. 
and got a lawyery, and somebody took a picture and sent it out. And uh, they took a picture of the season of, of the piece yeah. of paper. Yes, and that made its rounds within. Like, everyone knew it in two days. Within hours. Yeah, I mean, it started blowing up about how much we. You know, hate Sinister and all this other stuff. And Sinister came out and had a lawyery statement that said, "Listen, we're just trying to protect our intellectual property." And and it seemed like the the uh, I don't know the uh, enthusiast community was outraged because they felt like it was very heavy handed to like more of like mom and pops and and so it's it's sort of a it's an interesting uh, story to follow. And I hope it doesn't become a missteps in marketing that kills a company because I think that. They're trying to protect what they feel is rightfully theirs and their image in the space, and unfortunately, sort of in, incurred a self-inflicted wound that is probably deeper than somebody who would have just. Had it's one arts. of those cases where you knew they had no idea this would happen. Yeah, that they was never would have right. threw out a cease and desist. Right, right, right. and because the negative press outweighs, you know, some people making parts in their color. Right. Well, you know, and you go. I, I work at Banks, and we were doing yeah. some dyno testing on a uh, on a monster truck engine, uh-huh. and we had it hooked up, and the fuel lines were blue. Yep. And we, I posted a picture, and it was, and there was must have been ten comments about like, did we get, did Banks get authorization to have blue <laughs> yeah. uh, hoses on their dyno engine? And I'm like, what? what? And I, so yeah. at, when I first saw those, I was like, what are they talking about? Right. And that was in the midst of it happening. Right. I thought, and then I realized it was the guys were joking and being facetious yeah. and whatnot. But and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. That that's. Again, that's a that's a race I don't want to have a horse in. I'll stand on the sidelines and and, and watch it. Um, you know, I hope it comes to a place where but people are pissed off about it angry. and and they're leaving the brand. And I don't Absolutely. know that that's fair. Yeah. And you know, we don't know who if was that the attorney stepping out? Right. Was that the owner stepping out? Like we right. don't know that the inner workings of it. But it's yeah, like you said, it's a sticky place. It is sticky because. Unless you've created something and you, had it stolen, and had it stolen, you don't know. Yeah, and you very can, expensive. It is very easy to walk into a liquor store and steal a pack of gum. Right. Okay. It's like they'll never know. It's it's Wrigley chewing gum, and right. they're a billion dollar company, and they'll never know. Right. Okay. Okay. But if you're the guy that invented that, and you have hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of hours developing, whether it's a stick of gum, yeah. or it's a, a, it's a widget a, or a, something yeah. automotive, whatever, sure. and then someone steals it because it was easy, it it affects every cell in your body. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to follow this. Honestly, I'm kind of curious what our listeners think. Is it, is it, you know, um, is the outrage, is it, is it commensurate to the to, yeah. to the crime, right? right? To the crime, yeah. Right. Is, is this the vocal minority? Are there more reasonable heads that can see both sides? Or are there people that absolutely are are pissed off? Or are there people who don't care and think that this is all a to-do about nothing, right? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious to hear what our listeners think. It because, is probably a lot to do about nothing. Yeah, I, I would think so. But, um, you know, usually when there's a funny internet viral it's pretty easy to hop on the bandwagon. Well, it became and it became fun. a meme within hours. Yeah, right, right. right. It's just mob, the mob mentality on it. And and honestly, I'm not gonna lie. It was like b- grabbing a bag of popcorn, popcorn emoji, and just reading through the post. And I was like, whoa. But I will say that you're if you're a manufacturer and someone is ripping you off, you need to pause and think twice. Yeah. Like, how are we gonna handle this? This is gonna be a lesson for another manufacturer. That's exactly at some point. right. It was yeah. it was for us. I'm like, hey, and and because dude, because. Gail Banks has a, a ton of patents, yeah, and they're infringed upon all the, all time. the time, and they're infringed upon by the big three. Like he's literally <laughs> yes. had the big three steal his ideas after he went into a pitch meeting. I know that, and and it still it still pisses him off to this day because he talks about it. 
But he goes, I got more business doing other things with them. That wasn't the that wasn't where I got to draw my line in the sand. It right. sucks. I'm angry about it, but I made my money with them in other places, so I had to let it go. And so in business, that's one of those things. It's, it's, it's risk versus reward. Do you risk alienating your entire user base to protect a smaller reward, or do you just let it go in order to keep building your business and do your, doing your own thing? You know? Interesting. It's tough. Let's, well, we're all going to follow it. And on that note. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to end, end on that buzzkill note. Oh, can what you do we play, do? Can you play something funny? Holman, I have something that I think will cheer you up. Do you promise? I, yeah, I'll, I'll bet you a buck on it. All right, let's, I'll take that bet. Ah, take my money. That sound effect take my money, you bastard. <laughs> All right. Okay, so you got to call our new five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. 657-205-6105. Leave us a message. Leave us a message that we can, I can't say it. Leave us a message. It's been too long. I've been talking much too much this show. <laughs> Let me do I'm not going to cut this out. I'm going to leave this in. You're going to leave funny. it in? Yeah. Okay. L- leave us a message. Annunciation. There you go. Sibilance. Where would they leave us a message? <laughs> uh, the five-star hotline. Or you can send us an email. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, you can do that. All I have to say is uh, great show. Yep. And I'm just thankful our logo isn't blue. Oh, no, it sure isn't. Whoosh. Dodged the <laughs> bullet on that one. <laughs> the truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Oh, oh. And we have to thank uh, Nissan. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Our presenting sponsor. Uh, without them, this podcast would not be possible. If you're in the market for a uh, new truck, check out the Nissan Titan, the Titan XD with a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Or if you need a little truck, Frontier. If you need a van, the NV line. And uh, can't forget our friends that day. Oh, wait a minute. If you're going to get a van, dump it. Put it on bags and race <laughs> a guy in a Mini Cooper. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Yeah, what, 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 what? We didn't even say goodbye to our guest <laughs> who brought us Swedish fish. Pizza. Uh, pizza. Haribo uh, uh, gummy bears. Yeah. Uh, giant double gulp uh, 7-Eleven Dr. Peppers. Yeah, that was great. And uh, breadsticks with marinara sauce. Yeah, that was tasty. Dude, Ben, you are welcome back anytime, my friend. I appreciate that so much. It was uh, a lot of fun. You guys are all both educational and hilarious. Wow. And I would say to- You're uh, lying right to our faces. No, I would say to all- I'm li- offended that you're lying right to our I faces. I would say to all the listeners out there that you guys are exactly the same in person as you are on the microphone. Fat? <laughs> I didn't fa- say that. Are we that was fat you. on the mic? Faces for uh, radio? Yeah. Voice for radio, mm-hmm. face for cubicle. <laughs> yeah, Save that one. Uh, take offense to that. Uh, I guess we're not going to invite Ben back ever again. Uh, we will if he brings pizza. You know what? Uh, <laughs> we will if Matt signs off his expense report for us. Ooh. Uh, I'm not worried about that. This is a personal expense, and it's, uh, you know, like I said, best entertainment I had all week. All right. You heard it from man. Uh, if you've got a uh, Jeep or Ram, go buy some uh, AV parts. Hey, if we come up to uh, Oregon, can we hang out at your giant ranch up on the mountain? You are more than welcome anytime, but you have to bring your kids. Okay. You know what's funny? He has four more garage doors than you do at your house. Uh, yeah, because I have one, and it's a single, and it sucks. <laughs> it totally sucks. Yeah. Hey, what's in your garage, by the way? We've never talked about that. What's in my garage? Yeah. Is that the new segment? No, I'm just... Do we need it? What's in Lightning's garage? What's in Lightning's garage? Well, but I feel like the truck's always on the street with a cover on it, and uh, the... Uh, uh, the answer, soon to be sold. The answer is uh, uneventful. It's uh, truck parts. Is it just all parts? Yeah, no, bicycles. Because the minivans really, in the driveway. I got a lot of really cool bicycles. The Cooper, the Scion, the... Uh, nothing. The, I mean, all the family cars, all the kids. They're all... It's all outside. Yeah. You make the wife park outside? Uh, I, you have to park outside. I have a single car garage and a you craftsman the, home in Long Beach. You, you can't you make op- the wife park outside. You can't open a door in his garage. And you're still married. <laughs> That's excellent. Nice work.
What? What? I mean, how's that even? A, what? How would I fit her car? She drives a minivan. It's larger than the garage. Although, if you think about it, if the swinging doors won't open, she could open through the slider and step to the front. And then you could. Is that a sexual her. reference? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. 